What up, everybody? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your boy Emmanuel back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up. And uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash SXSNDLS. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And today I have in the kitchen with me my brother from another mother. <laughs> We've known each other for what all of what a month, Yo, two months. It, feels, it don't even it matter. Feels much longer. Than I know because the time, the time that we spent is quality, not quantity, right? Word, bro. So, brother Oba, say what's up to the people, man. Uh, blessed be the fruit, first and foremost, to, to all of my uh, <laughs> to all of my handmade tail watchers, and uh, greetings and salutations to everybody else. Um, I am the. Only person that does my own radio show. Word. It's uh, Effable Radio. And uh, shouts out to everybody that, you know what I mean, that's cross-pollinating and that I brought over here, that have come over here and really enjoy what you got going on because this is this is beautiful, man. And I, every time I talk to somebody, I always try to sneak in, yo, you need to listen to Socks and Sandals. Man, that's love, man. So I appreciate it's, it. it's absolutely, man. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to be here, yo. The, co- the, the coveted kitchen. Hey. Whipping work, man. Hey. This first game is proper. Let's go. <laughs> And I'm so glad you came through, bro. Yo, thank this you is, for having you me. You know, overdue, and you know what I mean. Hopefully, one of many. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, word. So, uh, that's, that's something to look forward to for sure, yeah. Bro, how long has it been, bro? Is it? It's, it feel like Summer, it's been a like it's, it's been a season. I feel it's like we've only really known each other well for a season. Yeah. To be able to like the first time I met you was when I was like was trying to get you over to the radio station, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, like we face to face type face stuff. Face to face. And to be able to get you on the radio and and just hearing you really articulate yourself well and enjoy yourself and really chop it up with you. I'm just like, yes, this is somebody that I need to be yeah, around. So shouts out to Tevin for, for making this happen. Hey, shout out to the plug, Yeah, Yo, to the plug, man. Tev, Combined up, culture, bro? yo. That was, <laughs> man, that was, it's, it's been, I, I am truly, truly appreciative of the fact that you've been able to invite me into your space because like you're a person, we're of the same age. Yeah. But you are living like you're almost on the opposite sides of the train tracks because you have the family, you mm-hmm. have direction. It really feels like you have so much community built here, and I am just like a leaf on the wind that just kind of <laughs> that kind of blew into Man. the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I mean area. I'm rooted, bro. I'm, I'm born and raised in Portland, bro. There's and a strength. And tell I see tell the folks how long you've been here. In the oh, city? it'll be it'll be two years at the end of the year Word. that I've been in the Pacific North. That I've been on the West Coast period. Yeah. So tell tell, tell tell people about yourself, who you are, where you're right. from. All right. Uh, you know, the the sales and the journeys of Oba, man. Oh, man. Tell them about the sales, like, literally, literally <laughs> been sailing around the world, or right. at least. Um, I am the first, I'm a first-generation American. Both of my parents are from Nigeria, but I've lived a very non-typical Nigerian lifestyle mm. or life period. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents separated when I was very young, and my mother has never been one to really uh, appreciate the culture that she was a part of. And like many other... Uh, like many other immigrant parents, she was so focused on having me assimilate well to American culture mm-hmm. that she didn't really take the time to find out what what this culture is that she's trying to assimilate me to. Mm. And that's been a struggle for me, learning that uh, later on in life. Um, definitely been a, a, I've been a standout. I've been a stick out, not a standout. I feel like standout is when you're like standing on your own above the rest, but sticking out is more like a thorn in the side. It's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it doesn't go with the rest of things. And I've kind of always been that way. Um, I've started traveling for the first time, maybe like five or six years ago. I finally was able to use my passport and I really never stopped. Mm. And that's been something that uh, I guess I'm kind of searching. I'm a king without a kingdom. 
mm. is what I like to call it. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, like Samurai Jack style, just looking around the world, trying to find out whatever I can and either Bro, find tell home. Him, tell them about the the sailing. Like, you, you got on a boat. Oh, yeah. All right. Just, yeah. <laughs> so college was my first experience with white people, like, like, seriously, like for real. For because real. you grew up where? I grew up in New Jersey. I grew okay. up in Newark, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, Shouts out to everybody from the 201, the 973. But um, we have like Guidos. That's as white as I've ever gotten. It's just mm. like, you know what I mean? Like Italian, Italian. friends and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but when I, I went to college in South Georgia, shouts out to G, the real GSU, mm-hmm. and it's been um, it was a really really interesting Wait, experience. Did you just take a shot at Grambling? Oh oh, that's a oh no, we talking about strictly Georgia. Georgia okay. State and Georgia Southern have had a lot. Oh of, okay. Oh no, Grambling okay. State, HBS, HBCUs always are in a different echelon. Okay you know what I'm okay saying? okay, absolutely. No, I shot, mean it's, no it's all good. I mean <laughs> it is what it is, bro. Thank you for bringing me that realization. Yeah, um, I went to Georgia Southern, Word. South Georgia, and here is where I really like. I made a conscious decision to befriend white people. You know mm. what I'm saying? Cuz in the south especially like you there's no reason for you to. Yeah. A lot of people don't want you to. A lot of people a lot of bars don't want you to. So it's like okay, I'm kicking it with these people. Mm-hmm. And um through meeting my friends, through meeting the people that I met, I, I've gotten two incredible experiences. Um one was the physical manifestation of being able to sail. Uh, I sailed the east coast with uh, two of my really really good friends right now. Mm. Um we sailed as far as Guatemala. Mm. Um, spent a year down there we sailed the caribbean a good bit and um that was that was just i'll never do it again yeah. <laughs> but i'm glad i did it so i appreciate just, like, things how like big was the boat the boat was probably all jokes aside the boat was probably your kitchen and your dining area so it was like and like with stuff in it <laughs> you know what wow. i'm saying so you can be on top of the boat you know what i'm saying you could be like on the deck mm. enjoying all these different things which is like a backyard kind of mm. thing or you can be inside of the boat which is really limited it was very very limited space Word. Um, very limited tools and accessories but it was it was it was like it was wildlife it was like camping you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah. um that was the first really really integral experience that i had um from meeting my, my white friends and the other one was the psychedelic experience mm. and um i had a group of friends and they introduced me to like to bud they introduced me to mushrooms they introduced me to lsd but it wasn't just like in a party kind of sense mm-hmm. it was very much like hey we're gonna do this together in a communal sense so you know what i mean let's you know take these steps and all that stuff mm. um so Shouts out to Mexico. Shouts out to Guatemala. Shouts out to everybody that's... And, and I found out in Mexico is the reason America knows about mushrooms in the first place. Mm. So this woman named Maria Sabina uh, was a very... She was a, uh, uh, she was a shaman in her culture. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm so in love with her is because she died on my birthday. Dang. And I thought that was really interesting. And I'm just trying to live that legacy going forward, man. Mm. And, and here I am. So also, I want you to tell them about the... You said when you, was it Guatemala or Mexico? Both. When they ask you, do you know who you are? Ah, mm, you know what? I think it was it was definitely Mexico. Okay. Mexico was when um, me and the young lady that I was traveling with, shouts out to Chacha, we we were in Mexico for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, I think, and it wasn't so much that they were asking me who I was, but they were just like, do you even know your do you even know your history here? Ooh. Do you even know? how much the people here like revere people that look like you you know mm-hmm. what i mean like every everywhere people were trying to buy us drinks as in hypermelanated oh, black yeah. absolutely that's that's what they were talking absolutely. about absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. and it's um and like i'm a very i'm a dark-skinned person you know what i'm saying like i have i'm first generation american i i have i know exactly where my roots are i know mm-hmm. exactly that's like 
this is pure <laughs> this is uncut you know kind of yeah, thing yeah. and um people over there were really 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 receptive mm. to seeing both of us the woman i was with she was highly melanated as well mm-hmm. and they call us the morenos see like nobody even calls us negros you know what i mean mm-hmm. they're like the morenos the moors the more th- there's no word for brown i've noticed i learned mm-hmm. in other in a lot of like uh, other languages mm-hmm. um so it's either maroon or black or something but they call us the morenos mm-hmm. and um they always just gave us like you know, there's uh, there's Olmec history. Yeah, but they were they were, you know they didn't even know about the Olmecs, but they were just looking at us like I don't know. There's just something about our connection with you, and you know mm. all this is in Spanish, and luckily I can speak a good bit of Spanish to be yeah, able to yeah. have these conversations. Or, um, it was just so fulfilling, and I just realized that like melanated people are rock stars out of America. Yeah, you know what I mean, out of the West. Go mm. to any go to any third world country, go to any country that's not like super Europeanized mm-hmm. and people are looking at you like, "Yo, they've arrived finally." You know mm. what I mean? Like it, don't, it 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 really really feels like that. People are asking us to be in their to be in their restaurants, to come spend the night with them and their family, just wow. to sit down and have dinner with us, a drink. It was And what what part of Mexico was that? Um Oaxaca and Chiapas. So it was southern Mexico, very okay. close to um very close to Guatemala. Yeah. And uh, southern Mexico, man. I, so it wasn't super commercialized down there, or nothing like it that. It wasn't Cancun. It wasn't like uh, Isla Mujeres, which I mean, still beautiful places. Mm-hmm. Um, Tulum, but it it was very much like it was Mexicans happy to be in Mexico. You know mm. what I'm saying? And to to be to meet other Mexicans traveling through Mexico and mm. saying, yeah, we're just traveling. This is our country, so we wanted to get to know our country. We're not. Yeah. We don't want to get to America. We're not like. Or, we're not trying to get out of here, kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's not the ones that they always talk about. Like, oh, it's not the quote unquote wetbacks. So the, the ones people. that they want to build a wall for. Nah, yeah, absolutely not. They're like just Trump like, yeah, them. please build the wall so we can keep Americans out of Mexico. Word. They're the ones that are thinking <laughs> that. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, like we need it for you. <laughs> yes, like, please, please we'll, keep we'll... the colonizers out. <laughs> exactly right. Um, man, I would go live there tomorrow, bro. Man, I would go live there tomorrow. Like that? Seriously. Dang. So it's uh, just thinking about it. You know, you treat it like royalty know. out there. Huh? It, it, and it's not even like. It's not royal as in, like, people are pampering us. Right. But to not be afraid of the police. Ooh. To see people not even afraid of the police. To see people beeping their horns like, yo, get out of the way. Why are you in the street? Mm. To police. Yeah. Blew my mind. Wow. Blew my mind, man. <laughs> like, I, that was one of my favorite memories. That don't seem real. I'm just... It doesn't seem real yeah. at all, man. And they're, they're public servants. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's just, I don't know, that community, that autonomy, that... It was it was really nice. Mm. It was really nice, man. Dang, you got me rethinking my life right <laughs> now, bro. You, bro. Like, I'm what am you, I man, doing at here? Least, at least am, just why am I try subjecting it? myself to this? It's crazy that you say that because that's one thing that I really I really found passion in is to try to bring us outside of America. Yeah. Because a lot of us don't have this experience. I'm noticing. Yeah. And I would love to be able to say, "Yo, let's bring your kids. Let's not even take them to Mexico yet, but let's take them to a national park first. Let's mm-hmm. just get them used to being outside mm-hmm. of their norm." Mm-hmm. And then once they go to Mexico and they see, yo, why are these people looking at us like this? It's mm-hmm. because you're more, or it's be, whatever, wherever yeah. you identify with, yeah. it's because you're more than just what you, what America has taught you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like your culture, African culture is part of, uh, is part of world, African history is part of world history. Word. But nobody talks about African history, and it's deliberately taken out of historical context of you know the conversations. Hmm. I wonder who would do that. Who would do something like that? What what group of people would be able to maximize their abuse of other people by hiding who they are? And where I don't know. I'm gonna have to Google it, or I'm, maybe I should ask Siri. Who <laughs> who would who would do such a thing as to blot out African history? 
from world history. Yeah, watch out, Siri might call them boys on you. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like really... just like every other white woman's been calling the cops on every you know, throughout history. Siri, <laughs> Siri would be a meme with Siri. Oh shoot! <laughs> so it's uh, but I mean, just being out of this country is one of the most pleasant experiences. And many people ask me, why am I here? And you got to make American money. That's the secret. Making American money online somehow. The internet has been a revolution. Yeah. So if I can make American money outside of America, gone. Absolutely, man. Gone. Uh, no, without a heart, no hesitation. And you have community, bro. You right. have family generations, not just the family you made, but you have family going back. Yeah. I find that a gift and a curse. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how you you got you set roots. Mm-hmm. It's real hard to snatch a tree up once its roots are really set. Or but a leaf. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like see it's, it, yeah. it's uh it's hard. It's hard to really find that that balance. Mm-hmm. But I've been enjoying it and being back is there's nothing better than coming back to a community. Yeah. You know, it's not that oh everybody speaks English, but at least everybody has that. The people that I try to surround myself with have that same um cultural experience. Mm-hmm. And that's that's priceless. Yeah. So it's great to be back, but I don't want to get stuck being back. Man. I feel you, you know. I feel so, you, bro. And that's yeah. dope. That's inspiring. Like, for <laughs> real, for real. <laughs> I can't well, so, believe I've been able to say that so lucidly. So yeah. And also, an, another inspiring moment that I had with you the first time we met, we was uh, walking through Alberta Park. Oh, that is... At that, night. Man. Like... I love that experience so much, yo. After dark, pause. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> walking my dog. Walk, we walking the dog. Walking my dog. You know, get, getting to know each other, but yeah. like... But just I, I told you on the radio show, but yeah, man, it's amazing to me, yo. And just to let y'all know, like it was, it was my first time walking through Alberta Park at night, ever. <laughs> I'm a grown man, 30 years old, bro. <laughs> grew up 10 blocks from there, like never in my life. And y'all who grew up in North Northeast Portland, you know, you just don't go in Alberta Park after That's dark, like you me. just don't do that. Unless you really about that life. And I was never about that life. You know what I mean? No, of course. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, man. Like How things have changed. How things have changed in Portland, bro. Wow. But yeah. then there's a great cost to that as well. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And every community is going to have its, what would you call, undesirables. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and unfortunately for us, we have to wear our undesirables out front. You know, mm-hmm. when you talk about hillbillies or rednecks or anybody that's living like rural places, you're going to have your meth heads, you're going to have your druggies, you're going to have your gang violence over there. Mm-hmm. But those people are just like, yeah, but that's not all of us. Mm-hmm. But our community has to be like, oh, well, them first and then the rest of us are over here. And mm-hmm. it's so it's so reverse and it's so unfair for us. Yeah. So it's not like they went anywhere. Gang violence hasn't gone anywhere yet, but yeah, it just at moved least it just, they just moved away yeah. <laughs> from the inner city. Or they city, got locked up. Or they yeah. got locked up. So. Yeah, or- you know rehabilitation that that's that's just a you don't cure cold you or you don't cure the symptom you go and figure out why is that a symptom of this society and i don't think we've done that no i don't think the society and for very good reason you know what i'm saying nobody wants black liberation besides us no until no. you know i don't know we could get <laughs> we could get talking on that but man it's i it's mean difficult. but seeing your reaction to alberta park was so i couldn't even imagine yeah you having this reservation about walking through just a random part. It's Portland. I'm like, yeah. it's Portland. But people forget that Portland, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. It just it hit me. As you seen, like, it hit me like a ton of yeah. bricks. I was like, bro, this is wild. You kept bro. saying that. <laughs> you were like, yo, we're walking through this park right now. Yeah, man. You've never done that. That is, that, that just shows like how, how quick things are happening too. 
fast, bro. You know, it, that was in the like I wouldn't have done that five years ago, seven years ago. Like it's crazy, but it's a, it and it let me know. Like I I know that it's changed. I've seen it change, but like at that point, that's when I was like, man, it everything has changed, bro. The whole city got flipped upside down, bro. And it's like not even recognizable even up even alberta park like they've done things to it i was like what the what is right all, this, all these all these plants vegetation stuff, bro. i was just like <laughs> bro there was nothing you know what i mean so it's mm. it's crazy it's crazy bro but i mean it, that seems to be every metropolitan city around the country everybody's getting hit with the uh with the gentrification you know what i mean the BG, man. yeah it man. started really i remember living in new jersey and hearing there was a Starbucks that went to, it was a Starbucks in Brooklyn or Harlem. I think it was a Harlem. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait, there's a Starbucks in Harlem. What does this even mean? Right. Like, how could you? That even, means it's over. That means it's over. And we didn't even think about if that. There's a Starbucks. That's it. It's if there's already a, if there's over. a yoga studio. <laughs> yeah. Someone, ru- someone, a white woman running down the street. A white woman running down the street. <laughs> Jogging. If there is a doggy daycare, it's That's over, it. bro. It. Like, it. your neighborhood is gone. And we have to realize that this has been in works. 15, 20 years before we even see that Starbucks. Oh, yeah. By the time, like you say, by the time, it's just like in any disease. By the mm-hmm. time you see the spots or by the time you sneezing, mm-hmm. you already, it's already in it's there. Already in it's there, already bro. in there. Yeah. So it's... That's real. It's an infection, but, you know, hopefully we can figure out that maybe we don't need... It. It, hopefully we can figure out options of where to live instead of just flipping because it was white flight in the 60s or something like that mm-hmm. where everyone left mm-hmm. and went, went to the suburbs we don't want to move to the suburbs no. so let's let's choose where we want to move instead of just being pushed out to the suburbs and that's why three and a half years ago like me and my wife decided like we have to buy now you know what i mean because it was just like it's either buy now and get a little something right as opposed to get pushed out and living in like somewhere we don't want to live vancouver like with all due respect to those, I don't want to live in Vancouver. No, like, that traffic is something else, bro. And I was working in Hillsborough at the time. So I was like, there's no way I can commute to Hillsborough, <laughs> you know what I mean, and live in Vancouver. That's like, not going to happen. How so, did you How did you see the writing on the wall? Like, how did you even think about that? Because my rent kept going up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see that. My rent, bro. I was just like, <laughs> hold on. I started out at, like, you know, one price, and it went up 120 And I was and I was in, like, on a nine-month. It was weird. So every nine months is going up. 120 here and it was like 80 and then 120 and the next increase is like 150 i said uh babe we've been saving for a house but we need to speed this up <laughs> you know what i mean like we need to get on this down. now you yeah, know what i mean yeah. so we went started looking bro i didn't even see this house before we put an offer on it mm. we couldn't even get into a house like every time a house was going on the market it was like three or four people that was bidding on it you know what I mean? Like, so many offers were flooding in. So many people were moving to Portland at that time. And so, like, we couldn't... We would, we would show up to the house and, oh, sorry, too many offers. We can't even show it to you. Too many offers. Too many offers. Like, within 24 to 48 hours, bro. So, when this house went on the market, we seen it. I said, babe, we gonna, we called our realtor. Like, hey, we want to go there tomorrow. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, cool. She walked in the house. She seen it. I was at work out in Hillsborough. She was just like, I like it. You know, it's three bedrooms, two and a half bath. Like, it's perfect for us. Exactly perfect. what we need. Right. Um, she's like, but I want you to come see it, you know, after you get off work. I was like, I, don't, I said, we don't have time. Wow. Literally not even a couple hours later. I said, we do not have time. I was like, so just, just put the offer in. She's like, no, I'm not going to put the offer in. If you don't see the house, what if you don't like it? I was like, babe, I don't care. We need a house now. <laughs> we like, this and is the only great way. on you that you were able to say, 
I need my wife to see this house. Oh, I don't word. necessarily need to see this house. I said, if you like it, I love it. You there know what I mean? Because like, in the reverse, it wouldn't have worked that way. No. <laughs> no. I'm not going to be stuck here with a mad wife for 30 years. 30 <laughs> year mortgage. Yeah, bro. Like, no. I'm so not taking beautiful. that hell, bro. That's a beautiful so, so, but what she did was she um, she just took a video of it, showed it to me. I was like, all right, it looks cool. And we put in an offer, and I came and seen it like a couple days later or a day later or something like that. I was like, yes. Even better than what it looked like on the video. Nice. It's in a better neighborhood than I thought. You know what I mean? Beautiful. So it, it just worked out, bro. Congrats, man. Yeah, appreciate that. that. Is, yo, equity. You're building generational welfare here, man. Bro, the equity, bro. <laughs> it done came up in three years, I'm bro. I'm sure. Like, man. I'm sure. Way to, really see, way to really be alert. So, yeah, so that's that's the two sides of gentrification. If you own a house, then it You're works out it. for you. But if you don't own a house, it's the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? So it's, it's crazy. Yes, um, man, let's let's jump into it, bro. Oh, weird, man. Religion and worldview series, Whew. brother Oba has came to bless us with some knowledge on psychedelics, man. Tell the people just what that means, because I don't think everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, what that especially means. our community. And this is something that was like, if nothing else, man, I really, really want our community to be able to take part in this conversation because mm. it's been a conversation that I've had with white people only for the last, mm. I'd say, decade. Where I don't know any, any no Africans, no indigenous, no no none none of nobody in our diaspora. It seemed like a trick. It did. I'm sure. It seemed like a trick. I'm hey, sure. Hey, take this. Take this. Hey, wonder pill. This yeah. magic something. This it's gonna magic. Make you, it's, gonna make you, it's gonna make you feel great. I bet you. I guarantee you. Every billionaire on this planet has a relationship with psychedelics. Mm. Every politician that is of the upper echelon. Everybody that has real power and authority, mm. I guarantee you, has a relationship with. So Obama was on the shrooms. Yeah. No, oh, the people that are pulling his strings are. Maybe he doesn't. Okay. I mean, oh sure. <coughs> <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Will Smith may not, but the people that are telling him to go do this on the third definitely are. Wow. Um, the psychedelic experience is an ego. What can I even call it? Before we even start talking about ego and all this, um, it is. If if spirit is father, God, whatever you want to call it, the masculine lightning energy that mm-hmm. creates change, mm-hmm. the the earth is mother. And I think <clears throat> the psychedelic experience is speaking to mother, speaking back to the womb, mm-hmm. connecting with something that's older than you. And I don't mean Molly. I don't mean LSD. <clears throat> I am here strictly talking about the most natural way to in to indulge in a mind-altering state. And I say psychedelics, and I don't say hallucinogenics, because those are all, like, fun things. Mm. Just because you see all these different images doesn't necessarily mean you're getting something from it. Mm -hmm. But psychedelics are taking you out of your sense of who I am and reintroducing you to something that I think you knew, but that you forgot. Mm. Or, or or something that is much 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 older than you, and it is it's a knowing. It's not a thinking. It's not an interpreting. It's a direct knowing, and yeah, that's a um, psilocybin mushrooms is one of those vehicles mm-hmm. for that mind altering state, um, and that's the one that I really that's like that's my ace boom coon right there. Mm. That is the one that I'm like yo. You can have all the other ones if I was on a desert island by myself. I need one book and I need one cap to be able to make more. <laughs> you wow, know what I'm saying? Of psilocybin yeah. because it's 
Um, you talk about like evolution of people, if you believe that. You talk about evolution of like human hominoids and all these different things. Um, that has been an in incredibly powerful method or tool for our advancement. Mm. When it comes to the sense of self, when it comes to community building, when it comes to bonding, it has made it's made me vastly more empathetic just having that one experience. Mm. It's given me a sense of 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 peace in knowing that there's a lot of chaos going on in this world, but it's not what shouldn't be happening. Like the world is perfect as it is. As crazy as it is, mm. it's perfect. Mm. And heaven is boring. That's like mm. mushrooms taught me heaven is boring. Why would you want to go somewhere where everything's always perfect? Cuz mm. that's that's boring. Mm. You got to enjoy out. You got to be in outside 90 degree heat to be able to walk into this air conditioning and go. Mm. <laughs> 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 to go, "Oh, yes, I'm going to be here for a while." Word. But if you stay in here too long, you'll get cold. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then when you walk, you ever been in air conditioning so long that when you walk outside, you're just like, oh man, this feels oh, good. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then five minutes later, you're like, nah, this don't, yeah, <laughs> no, never mind. As you start sweating, you're exactly. like, nah, you know what. Um, so so that's, I think that's that's how I can encapsulate the psychedelic experience or psychedelics um, mm -hmm. is, is a mind-altering vehicle, um, natural mind-altering vehicle. Mm -hmm. Cannabis is one of those as well. It's mm -hmm. a very mild psychedelic. If you take enough cannabis and if you have it in the right you know, situation, You'll learn about yourself for sure. Mm. You'll learn about yourself. So, so psychedelics once again is a certain type of mushroom that you take, or yeah. any type of mushroom. No, it's a it's a certain mushroom. Um, <clears throat> it's a mushroom that grows on cow manure. It it can be synthesized and grown in a laboratory as well. But naturally, you'll see mm. it grown on just like cow patties. Pacific mm. Northwest had mad cow fields, mm. mad moisture in the morning time, and those two things together, you'll see this mushroom pop up and people are talking about you know when um prehistoric when people before people were like homo sapiens um sub-saharan africa used to be a tropical it used to be a rainforest mm. and if people believe in evolution um we evolved from apes that lived in the trees apes that never touched the ground but when the sahara turned into the desert those apes couldn't be in trees anymore so they had to go on the ground these apes are just eating fruit and that's it that's all they ate mm -hmm. well when the fruit all dried up these apes started eating off the ground and also following when they started eating meat they started following herds so they would be picking up something on the ground and you can see that in monkeys too now a monkey will eat babies too they'll pick something up maybe smell it but the first thing it goes into is where in the mouth <laughs> it, it, you know yeah. what i mean like easily or, yeah and that's <clears throat> Uh, some some theories are that's how our evolution came to be because mm -hmm. we're the only creature on this planet that has this this lobe this frontal lobe development in such a rapid succession mm -hmm. and i always think like if creationists if the creationist theory is correct then why aren't our bones more dense why do we don't walk we're not an efficient creature every mm -hmm. other creature on this planet is extremely efficient mm -hmm. whether it's a cheetah whether it's a baboon whether it's a slug they're all efficient they move efficiently in their natural habitats, but we do not. The ways we walk, our knees get messed up, our ankles are messed up. The weight that we carry on this bone structure doesn't work well. Mm -hmm. um, our height sometimes, we're too tall to really maintain these structures and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I say all that to say that um, some theories say that, that that has helped our our advancement. 
and the mushrooms 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 mm. specifically because it used to grow on you know cow shit and then it go you know those that were able to eat it mm-hmm. the if you take it in little doses it's called micro dosing you have a sharper mind you have sharper vision mm. so those that have sharper vision can always find food faster when they're rummaging mm. if you take a little bit more you get real horny mm. so those that are having sex more are gonna you know outpopulate those that aren't and eventually math just math math <laughs> it's just, and there's a hundred <laughs> it, it, eventually hit like a tipping point to where it's like alright yo this is the group that's doing it you mm-hmm. know what I mean maybe that's how <clears throat> I don't know maybe that's how Neanderthals went extinct or something like that because the Sub-Saharan Africans were all about you know the earth Mm. and picking off the earth we never had to grow anything it all just grew we never had to compete we it all was just abundance mm-hmm. and um i've had to le- uh, unfortunately i couldn't learn this through african spirituality mm. i couldn't learn this through um aztec or 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 um mayan spirituality i had to learn this from european spirituality or european mm. you know I me mean, experiences and I didn't know they had a spiritual system. Well, that they have the druids, they have all these de- Wiccans, the witches and stuff like that. Like oh, yeah, when you yeah. hit when it comes to witches, there it wasn't somebody that's just like doing magic. It was people that potions and herbs were just women around a cauldron, mm-hmm. cooking up whatever they were doing, whipping mm-hmm. work as you do here really well. Well, I wouldn't say I'm whipping it like a witch, but <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not gonna say that either. But <laughs> there is a there is a result that you're proud of, and there's a result that they get. So I, I say all that to say. Um, this is part of the experience, part of a, a worldwide experience that I want to integrate back into African spirituality. So how far have you went with it as far as to get it like that pure A1 uncut? Like, have you went to a field where cows yeah, are? Yeah, I've picked it before for sure. I used, to live in, I used to live in Georgia. Okay. I went to university in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, man. Did you wash it? <laughs> yeah. Come on. I'm not I'm just, to... hey, I'm just at... Good questions. Excuse pure me. A1 Good uncut. Questions. Maybe the manure has an extra level of it's um it's one of those things where it's just like cows don't digest grass as well as we digest our food Mm -hmm. so that's why cow that's why it's fertilizer because like cow cow manure is literally goat manure is literally fertilizer you Mm -hmm. can use that it's gonna make any of your plants grow better Mm -hmm. um so this mushroom was on it so you pick these mushrooms you wash them off sometimes you can dry them if you dry them you don't need to eat nearly as much Mm -hmm. but if you don't dry them you just kind of have them in bags and you can just pop them as as you will it hasn't really they're kind of moist yeah yeah they're still moist Mm -hmm. the dry ones are more effective because they ate it say again is is is, so they ate no the cow ate the mushroom no 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 the mushrooms I don't, that's a, how did maybe it's a, a spore, a spore that's an airborne spore. Okay, somehow finds its way onto the manure. The manure, right? And then it grows. And then it grows. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in in Georgia, you might find a little patch. Definitely. Well, not not so much now because there are a lot of farmers that are altering cows' diets because there are too many people that are coming into their their property mm, or the, trying to, you them. know what I mean? Exactly, yeah, looking for mushrooms. Yeah. So now they're altering diets to where you can't really do that as effectively anymore. Mm. Um, but luckily, there's there's ways of you to kind of like do your own. You can you can build your own. All you need is one spore, just like fire. Mm. All you need is one, one... A little spark. One, not even spark, but like one flame. Mm. And you can grow as much fire as you want. Word. It's the same thing with mushrooms. If you mm. have one spore, give it the right conditions. You don't even need a cow manure. You can give it, you know what I mean, just certain nitrogens and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it'll grow really well in a Dope. cool damp place so tell me about your first experience what was that like bro <sighs> Man. mushrooms yeah mushrooms. yeah yeah. Um, 
the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. Hands down, bar none. Mm. I cried for hours. Mm. Did you cry like Tyrese did on Instagram? <laughs> he couldn't see what? his <laughs> Bro, What I, more do you want from me? <laughs> bro, I just got done listening to the, uh, the Van Lathan Red Pill podcast. Oh, Red Pill. Shouts out to Van Lathan. Man. Yo, he Van is, is dope. He is very dope. I man. literally just, just got done listening to that, bro. And he's like explaining himself. I can't listen to Tyrese for too long. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Bro. Somebody that's addicted to fame, yo. Um, <laughs> I think that <clears throat> my first experience, well, let me kind of give you context. Hmm. So my, my homeboys, they were asking me, these white guys. It was probably a group of, it was probably a group of like six white guys. Okay. And they were the ones that introduced me to cannabis. So I was smoked it. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Six more is a gang. This gang. That's hilarious. A white gang. <laughs> Outside of soccer. It's hilarious oh, to me. Yeah. But these guys were, they were all saying like, yo, man, we're going to take mushrooms next week. And have you ever done them? I was like, no. They were like, yo, give us $35. And <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll put you into on it. We'll put you in on this. Clear your whole day. Don't have nothing to do. Clear your day. Clear your day. Like, <laughs> Clear don't have anything to do. Bro. Come kick it with us. You're not going to be able to leave. We're going to like, we're going to stay in this house. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, that sounds highly suspicious. Exactly. Yeah. So I was really, but I trusted these guys because okay. you know I've already vetted them. We've already had an experience. Y'all had already sailed to no these different oh, white guys. Okay, okay, different white guys. Okay. Way before the sailing. And right. honestly, if if I didn't have this experience, sailing would be like no. <laughs> would you getting on a boat? Right. Where? Yeah. So um, these guys, event, these guys, they were telling me um, we're going to do this experience. This is still in college. I was still in college at the okay, time. Okay. And so. I went from, I didn't have any literature, didn't have any experience with this at all, but I was just like, yo, I want to try this. Hmm. So the thing that really got me over the hump of like being scared into being intrigued, they were just like, look, man, the day of, we had like a little group chat before group chats were a thing. <laughs> we were all texting each other. We were all like, yo, man, um, they were telling me it's extremely important to be positive all day. Hmm. We probably took it at like 11 or 12. So at 6 a.m., they started sending out messages. Yo, man, no matter what happens to you today, no matter what situation happens, be pot, stay positive. <clears throat> so one of my homeboys was like, hey, man, I just failed the test. You know, oh, a pop quiz. I just failed the pop quiz that we got back yesterday. I'm like, congratulations. And everybody was like, yo, you about to get another one. You're going to, everybody was, it was like, it was. It was funny because we were all making fun of each other, yeah. but it was also really genuine because these guys were really, really, really intentional yeah. on keeping the vibe up. Ooh, okay. And that's one thing I really respected about it. Mm. So I was like, yo, what has dudes acting like this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so when we finally got together. We all sat down and they were like, the only reason we tell you not to leave is because we don't want the outside world affecting how you feel mm. because you become very, very sensitive. Mm. And... When you're in an outside world, you have to put on this mask. You have to go, you know what I mean? You have to abide by cultural norms and stuff like that. Right. And they were telling me, like, they were like, this experience is probably not going to be culturally normal. Yeah. Um, so I remember t I took, like, video. I wish I could find it somewhere. I took video of, like, every 15 minutes, every 20 or 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so the first couple of videos were like, all right, man, Trevor's over there, like, running up and down the house. Apparently, he's having, you know what I mean, a great time. He's seeing things crawling on the wall. And the next clip was like, all right, Trevor's brother is seeing whatever is crawling on the wall, too. And they're not afraid. They're just happy. They're running up and down the stairs. They're really enjoying themselves. So I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I didn't take enough. I was like, all right, whatever. Um, another 20 minutes, I'm like, yeah, it's been, I'm feeling a little body high. Like, I was sitting in the couch. I was like, I'm feeling a little body high. I'm feeling tingly. I'm feeling mm -hmm. really comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, this ain't it. 
an hour later, <laughs> tears streaming down my face. <laughs> this is so beautiful. <laughs> I've spent the last 15 minutes going, oh. I kept on saying, oh, 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 okay. Like, it, it was one of those, it was like I was searching for something. And now I was like, oh. Oh, it's oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Now, what it was, I couldn't articulate. Okay. I couldn't put into words. I couldn't put my finger on it. But I was like, oh, okay. I know something. I don't know what it is. And I haven't been able to cry in a long time. You know what I mean? Like, we don't cry. African men cry even less. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, that's not something that you do. Yeah. And I was just so happy, man. Mm-hmm. Childish, childishly happy. Mm-hmm. You know? It was... Man, it was, it was like double so rainbow powerful. happy. <laughs> double rainbow happy. It it was extreme. It was, I'm sorry, not happy. I would say joy. Mm, that's even better. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Happy yeah. is when you get like the food you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy. Nothing can make you joyful, but you you just emanate joy, mm. and that's what it was. It was a joyful experience, man. And just like I'm, so, I've always been somebody that searches for knowledge and searches for trying to meaning and things like that in the world. Mm-hmm. And I've never been face to face with something that's like. Here, here's what you want. Mm-hmm. Here's everything that you've been looking for when it comes to knowledge about the world, knowledge about the experiences, men and women, black and white, guys, and whatever it is, here, it's all here. Mm-hmm. And I was able to really see like the, the, the current that's running under everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And that was the best five or six hours I've ever spent doing anything in my life. Wow. And the come down was kind of radical. It was like a little abrupt because I remember like, we had some homeboys that they weren't part of. They didn't take mushrooms with us, but mm-hmm. it was like maybe like in the evening time. We took it at 11 and 12. It's probably like 7. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they came in, I just looked at them with contempt. Like, oh, he just took this away from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, but I was possibly. already con- I was already on my way down. Yeah. But like, it was like a, oh, all right, this is over. And I just have spent the rest of my life just not even chasing that feeling, but being able to integrate Mm. that feeling into my life on a daily Mm. and that's where i find the most joy is when i can pull oh yeah this is telling me that like be kinder than necessary because everybody's going through some kind of personal war Mm -hmm. and that's really hard to do when you look at this world from the dichotomy of black and white from Mm -hmm. the dichotomy of male and female from rich and poor Mm -hmm. you go okay i wish i could take credit for this but i can't but i've always remembered it so after I'm after mushrooms, when I heard this guy describe what living is, I've never forgotten this experience. Mm-hmm. And he said, imagine if you could build a theme park to your specifications, unlimited budget, like roller coaster tycoon style, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You could build exactly what you wanted, as crazy as you wanted, as intense, as scary, have all the vendors that you wanted there. Everything is there for you, right? So when you go through the when you go through the theme park, mm. are you really gonna enjoy yourself? Because you know, at what, you know everything. Yeah. You know what food is gonna be here. You know what turn that is gonna have. You know all these different. You know the people that are gonna be here. There's no suspense, no surprise. There's nothing. Mm. So what if you could forget before you went into that theme park? And that's where we are. And he said that's what life is. All of this. We, before we incarnated in this body 30 some odd years ago, we were both part of this unified spirit Mm. that said, yo, man, how cool would it be for me to be, me and you to meet 
after living such opposite lives. And then let's 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 become friends at this point in our lives because we want to learn X, Y, and Z. There's always a cost to learning. So we need to learn this. We need to have this heartbreak. We need to have this value. I need to have my heart like broken by friends to be able to enjoy and indulge in the friendship that I think we have now. Mm. And we couldn't have met when I was in my twenties because I would have learned who's this person. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. or you know, you on the same, same I'm thing. sure, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's like let's meet when we're in our thirties and let's be able to have this conversation sitting here. And maybe I bring you onto my side. Maybe I'll have you have a psychedelic experience, just like you'll have me see the benefit in having my own family. Mm. Let's do that. Mm. And then let's forget we did that. And let's go through life. And then when we met and when we had this conversation, it's just like, there's something here. And that, that feeling of like, you ever hear a song for the first time and it just like, you feel that shiver in your body? I, the, the the most the most recent song that is that's done that to me is uh, there's like an acoustic version of um, Earth Wind and Fire song and I just got into them not too long ago. Um, it's called Would You Mind. It's like Would, Would you, you mind? mind that song right there? Hey, if I, good, I, if I good, yeah, good, that's good, you bro. When I tell you I've listened to that song at least two hundred thousand times. So the, like there's a there's a there's a like the super jazzy fun version right. and then there's a real quiet slow down I version heard all of that song. It. I heard it all. And bro. man, when he says if I what do you say? Uh if I looked in your eyes till I'm hypnotized and I lose my pride. That's another thing that that the psychedelic experience does. Mm. Is it quiets the thinking mind. Mm. Which is it does what meditation does. It does what, you know what I mean, go sitting out and staring at the ocean. It does all that. Mm. But in a very, in like a, in a, a stimulus package. You know mm. what I'm saying? This is like the performance enhancing drug that the, that the, you know, that the mother earth gave you. Mm. And, um, it quiets the ego to where you can really be empathetic. You can really be not of your mind, not of me, this person, but of how can I emanate as, I hate saying love because it sounds so hippie, Word. but how can I create more than just what we obviously know that's happening mm. and um that was my first experience <laughs> that was my bro, first experience man that's dope <laughs> that was that's fire bro that was my first experience man man and through that i've been able to find my own teachers one of your questions was like who helped me in this yeah who who put you on i mean i know your friends you know yeah yeah I mean? they put me on but right. they i mean they used it as a tool to like, hey, you know, hey, let's just, just have fun. Let's yeah. just chill. So did they have, did they come to the same conclusions that you came to? I think that they may have when they first took it. Mm. Um, but I don't know because they've been taking mushrooms since they were in high school. Is there anyone that has shared the same type of revelation that you have had? Everyone that I've spoken to has told me, everyone that I've talked, see, not everyone that takes mushrooms takes mushrooms in a very sacred way. Mm. This was a So because thing. they had told you to prepare yourself and be positive and all that type of stuff, you think that helped you hit the peak? Tremendously. Yeah. Tremendously. Word. The same, like, one thing that I... Went the, I'm so glad that you asked that specific question because it's like, even weed, right? Smoking mm. weed with black people is infinitely different than smoking weed with white people. Because <laughs> I have so many of my black friends, when we smoke, we'll just smoke and chill. Yeah. Everybody's just sitting around. Yeah. My white friends smoke. Let's go play frisbee. Let's go kick it at the park. Let's go. Let's go do something, bruh. To where you can enjoy, you don't just feel like. Ugh. So when I used to smoke, that's how I was. Like I can't smoke 
and not do nothing. Right. Like, I got to be act. I got to enjoy this. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be right. out doing stuff. Exactly right. I don't want to just smoke and just sit. And just sit. And do nothing. Or just talk. Talking is cool, but, like, we can always talk. You it's know like, even, I mean? even when I drink, I'm only drinking, like, socially. Right. Same. You know what I mean? Exactly so, when I would smoke, right. I would, it would be social. Smoke socially. Yeah. And I would love... And it really frustrated me that my community, like, the people... I didn't kick with those white guys all the time. Mm-hmm. The people that I really, really kicked it with, they rarely smoked. But when they did smoke, they would just smoke and just, like, sit somewhere. Mm. Partly because you know what I mean we don't want to be smoking outside and get you know harassed by the cops. Cause True, we, we're not. We can't be like carefree white. We boys. can't be carefree white people. You yeah. know what I'm saying, white boys especially. Yeah. So it was it was bittersweet, but I was like, yo, this experience. I've spoken with few people. Mm-hmm. I went to a concert in Atlanta a couple months ago, and I met this young black lady, and I was like, yo, can I be black with you in this concert? Because we were two. Of, can I be black with you? It's a. It's like it's like my white. It's my white guilt. It's my white guilt band. <laughs> my guilty white. Wait, what? Hold on, bro. <laughs> Can I share this moment in blackness? Seriously, with you? because we were like, there was no reason for black people to be coming together under this band. This isn't a band that any of us. Are. I never tell any of my friends that I listen to this band. Who was it? Come on, man. We, we unapologetic over we here. We unapologetic. Man. So the name of this band is The Reign of Kendo. Okay. And the reason why I like this music so much is because it's instrumentalist. It's instruments forward. It's very instrument forward. Guitar, not guitar forward, but like piano forward, violin forward. It's beautiful, beautiful music. The mm. dude that sings is pretty good too. Um, but again, it's one of those songs I've always been... Music has always touched me. Word. To where I really resonate with music. You know what mm. I mean? The vibes and things like that. So... To see somebody that's black and really like singing the lyrics, I was like, yo, can I, she was like, yo, thank you so much for even asking. I didn't try to kick it to her. I was already on, you know what I'm saying? I was on my psychedelics as well. And we just, it was just, it was beautiful. Mm. And so I talked to her and she's like, yeah, I've done LSD before. And she's like, yo, let me tell you the, the, it just, it's such a stress-free feeling of like, okay, I, I can shed this skin I can shed this body. I don't have to be a black man in America mm. for these next couple of hours. Mm. I can really be my spirit. I can listen to my spirit and understand what my spirit is telling me or what um, what direction I could be listening. I could be listening for direction better. Mm. And so that's why I'm saying it quiets the ego, the thinking mind, and it puts you in harmony with something that's so much bigger than you. So it sounds like... Uh... Like it sounds like, um, like you said, meditation, and that's what meditation does. It Absolutely. quiets your your conscious mind, the prefrontal cortex, and Absolutely. it just it's all subconscious. Absolutely, I would even call it sub means like below conscious. I would even say it's an overconscious. It's like well, I'm just saying like your cerebellum. That's what they call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even like. I'm, but I'm, I'm talking spirituality. Word, word. Okay. And I don't even know if the spirit is in here somewhere. Maybe it's in the pineal gland. Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe it's in whatever it Supposedly is. Supposedly, it's the cerebellum. I think that that person, or to that, my knowledge, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that entity that that really guides you mm-hmm. and gives you communion with that entity, part of yourself. God is within you for sure. Mm-hmm. And the psychedelic experience gave me that without a shadow of a doubt mm. is that I'm maybe I'm not God but God is absolutely inside of me and mm. all I have to do is just like listen to that voice within me mm. but it doesn't talk like my thinking mind talks mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so used to this mind mm. that I'm just like oh yeah God can just talk to me that way no it's a subtle voice that again like you say meditation helps mm-hmm. 
but this is like this is this is a steroid. <laughs> this is mm. meditation on steroids. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. And it shouldn't be abused. Just like steroids shouldn't be abused. Mm-hmm. But it gives you undeniable experience mm. that no one can tell you, but no one can take away from you either. Mm. And what's crazy about mushrooms is we all have the same experience. No matter where you're from, no matter how old you are, your first experience under these conditions of positivity, under you know people that if you're in a loving environment, you really have to cultivate the environment. Mm. In a loving environment, with the right amount, and with the right mental state, mm-hmm. even fake it till you make it. Even if you're dealing with all these things, which we all are, mm-hmm. if you can just fake it till you make it, it'll give you the psychedelic experience like she knows to be gentle with you your first couple times she knows not to abuse you and to show you all the things that you're trying to hide she will eventually if you're really serious about it mm-hmm. but just to, the introduction she's all love forward first mm-hmm. and then afterwards once you get comfortable with her then she's like alright this is what you need to improve on so let's start working on you mm-hmm. and It's so beautiful, man. I wish I could. I, I wish I could. I wish I could give you better words for it. It's just. I wish Some things you you can't you can't know, put words to it. Bro. I know. I wish I could get you to trust in my. Ex- oh, not you particularly, Word. but like my mother. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The people that I have very very strained relationships with. Mm-hmm. I wish I could just sit down and just like have these conversations with these people. It's crazy. I'm getting emotional thinking about this. It's like it's all good, bro. I really want to have that community that I want and I know that we can't because of who I am because of the things that I've dealt with and because of like my because of my closed offness mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying because I've had to be really independent mm-hmm. like, I, I couldn't trust people for a long time mm-hmm. and even still you know what I mean like I only give people like 20% but when you're when you're really in the psychedelic experience you can't close yourself off man Mm-hmm. You're open. You're vulnerable. You're open. You're saying this is me for six hours, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's more or less four to six. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna just sit in this, man. I'm gonna let it be, yo. Um, thank you, though. Yeah. So that yeah, like good brother Emmanuel reached over to grab a paper towel because he sees me literally getting teary eyed, man. Because this is what it does for you, yo. I really think so. Um. So I was I was thinking like as you're describing it and like your experience and the sister that you met at the concert and just thinking about like religion overall mm. it seems to be like we as African people as and that's one of the reasons why we got taken advantage of by the white supremacists that we're such a spiritual people we're such a loving people we're like we're unassuming like we're sharing like you know what I mean like that's who we na- we just want to chill bro that's all we want uh, and and so what I'm what I'm getting at is do you think because of who we are and who we have been from the beginning do you think you know the psychedelic experience will affect us in a different way or in a stronger way or does it have really nothing to do with your ancestral origin you mm. know what I mean it, just in your opinion that's a great question yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think the psychedelic experience is will only help strengthen us in either 
white people on the white supremacy. I feel like the planet is like an old folks' home, mm. and white people on a planetary scale. Dr. Henry Clark says it so beautifully. He says the Odyssey is by Homer. Mm-hmm. Written the written language is your first proof of civilization. By the time the Iliad, by the time um, Homer came around, Egypt was in its pre-dynastic. Oh, not even pre-dynastic. Egypt was in its like 18th dynasty. Mm-hmm. 18th mm-hmm. dynasty. It was already on the decline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Egypt has pre-dynastic history even before dynasties. Right. You know. Right. So I liken it to an old folks' home in that white people are the newest people on the scene quote unquote mm-hmm. they, they don't have much history mm-hmm. but they're like a little kid with a baseball bat running through the old folks home mm. that's what I feel like so we're over here saying somebody go get this kid mm-hmm. somebody else go get this kid somebody go get this kid psychedelics the integration to psychedelics in our lives I feel like would be like martial arts the older you are the better you are at martial arts you know what I'm saying? Martial arts has nothing to do with youth. has nothing to do with vigor. Mm. All the most badass martial artists are some 60-year-olds. Some, you still can't beat these dudes. You know what mm. I mean? And it gives you that um, it gives you that knowledge. It gives you that wherewithal of yourself to say, all right, I'm going to have to take this back from this little kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go sit down somewhere. Right. And we're just, we're, we're so stuck in our, just don't don't mess with me. Don't, don't, don't come over here with that. Mm. Instead of saying, all right, you swing at me. See what's gonna happen, mm. and just like you know, I me mean, doing some Matrix stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Like the yeah. Matrix is the most influential movie in my life that I've ever seen before. Mm. The Matrix, on so many levels, it really, really showed me not how to deal with white and black, but this world isn't what this is. It isn't this at all. Mm. This is all just the system, but we're so much more than this, and. The psychedelic experience, being able to integrate it into, and it doesn't take generations. It doesn't take, hopefully, my grand. No, we can do this now. Mm. We can really integrate this now, and say, we white supremacy is a thing. Let's let's create, let's create our thing. Let's create something to minimize that. Mm. Let's create this bonding experience that is more strong, that's stronger than than Louis Farrakhan then Marcus Garvey, then Patrice Lumumba, then, you know me, Fela Kuti, then anybody who's tried to do it with language or with music, Mm. it's still ineffective because that's still the egoic mind working. When we commune and we take the psychedelic experience, especially in a group form, there is something that happens. And when when two or three are gathered in my name, Mm. there I am. That's not Jesus talking. That was way before the Council of Nicaea. And I really, really think that that is a spiritual practice that under the right circumstances and under the right like tutelage can be really powerful. And to have that be a force that really makes white supremacy tremble, I think is I think that's our future, man. Mm. I really do. yo. I think that once we integrate that, that is going to be our communion with those that came before us. That is going to be our real communion. Now, Orishas, of course, they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking with your ancestors, that does it, but nothing does it tangibly. Somebody said, Terrence McKenna said it so beautifully. He says, we never, ever considered that there is an answer to our spiritual problems in the physical. Mm-hmm. And that is what mushrooms is. 
that is what the psychedelic experience is. Mm. It is an it is an it is a solution or at least a formula to our spiritual issues. That is just this thing, literally this one thing. You don't have to do anything to it. Mm. God, whoever you believe, put this here because this is Mother Nature talking to us. Mm-hmm. Father Time, Mother Nature. We are the ones that are going to bring those two together, and. The psychedelic experience is absolutely something that can give us more clarity and not be and not be um, swindled into um, constantly focusing on all these things that are going on around us. Bro, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. This is way more compelling than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Yo, this I meditated is, like 30 minutes before I got This is please. way more compelling. <laughs> I'm not selling you shit, but like this is amazing, bro. Like, I really, really want this, this for us as a community. Word. I really, really want. I've only, I've only done this with people that I've had to be like, okay, all right, these are white people, all right, but oh, I know better than that. Mm-hmm. I know better than we're just we're white, we're black. I know better than this. Mm. But they're still coming back to that. I always can come back to like, but you're white. You're gonna integrate this differently than I am, and I mm. have never been able to have a community of people. That I can really bring what I've learned from the psychedelic experience mm-hmm. into this day with action and say, let's move forward with this. Let's mm-hmm. make this happen for us. And let's do this for our children. And that's what I want, man. At the end of the day, that's what I want. I don't want people to just get drugged up and go party. I want people to really, really... If you're religious, this is the most spiritual experience you will ever have. Mm. You talk about speaking in tongues and stuff like that, whatever, you know what I mean, people falling out, this will make you understand all of that mm. in a matter of hours, man. I don't know you. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's so important for our community, I think. I think. <laughs> I have to end it all with, I think. <laughs> hey, that's, I mean, that, that's pretty much all we can kind of go off of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, bro. Oh no, I'm stuck. I'm like, bro, I'm trying I'm to process. So, thank this, you, man. This thank you, thank you. Because you, like, your feedback gives me gives me hope that I was I've been able to convey this properly. No, hands down. Like, even if it wasn't, I don't even. It's still 105 out of 100 right now, bro. So, Word, man. Yeah. Um, man. I still look back. I still look at. I still am am under the tutelage of white people that are dead. That I still listen to the lectures on YouTube. Terrence McKenna is hands down somebody that I he is my spiritual teacher. Wait, wait, back up. You oh, said you're under the tutelage of white people that are dead. What's, yeah, yeah. So, um, when so, it comes oh, to psych- okay, when it comes to psychedelics specifically, okay, they they have died. They but have you died. Still listen to okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think something like living, like walking dead, like they're dead spiritually oh, or no, something no, no, like that. No, no, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Bring it back. All right. Um, so you said Terrence McKenna. Terrence McKenna. All right. And he, he uh, put you on. I, I, one thing that, if you're on YouTube, look up um, Terrence McKenna Resets Your Mind. And also look up Terrence McKenna um, Culture is Your Operating System. Mm. Because that really gave me clarity as to what psychedelics does. You're taught, just like the Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. Our parents teach us how to act. Our society reinforces what our parents taught us. And this is going to be our life living here. When you take the psychedelic experience, that is all wiped clean. Mm -hmm. Your brain is wiped clean. Mm -hmm. And then something else speaks to you. And it's almost like an upgrade. 
somebody's upgrading your your operating software. Mm-hmm. Now DMT is one of those things that does it if you're if you're not into the long form psychedelic experience, DMT does it in 15 minutes. But DMT is a lot more intense. Like I don't even I'm I'm not ready for DMT yet. I'm hoping for a couple more spiritual experiences before I gear up for DMT. Mm-hmm. Um but the culture of your operating system, it it resets you and gives you a better operating system. So tell me this. Um, so the people like Terrence McKenna and other people that you listen to, those are people that have done mushrooms and and have operated on the psychedelic experience. Terrence McKenna for an extended period of time or no? Terrence McKenna actually has a doctorate in entheogens, and entheogens is any natural plant mm-hmm. that gives a mind altering state. Mm. And he goes to the Amazon. Oh, he went back in the sixties, back before all this was like buried because you know nobody knew what all this could be lsd and all these different things mm-hmm. um he uh he gained clarity from shamans the shamanistic lifestyle and he is uh he's somebody who's done like he's fried <laughs> mm-hmm. he's fried mm-hmm. he he was definitely out of touch with the world as it is he is not a high functioning member he wasn't a high functioning member of society because he refused to be in this kind of like ram das if anyone knows the story of ram das he was a harvard professor if i'm not mistaken he was very much like on the path to success he was living he was a a socialite he was an elitist mm-hmm. then he really got serious with the psychedelic experience and it has changed him profoundly mm-hmm. i think he's still alive mm-hmm. um r-a-m-d-a-s-s and he has a book called be here now mm-hmm. and that's excellent um but uh terence mccann has really been a person that has just given me ways to think about the world and think about my relationship with psychedelics that is extremely profound and that mm-hmm. is um I don't know. Like, I think if if nothing else, just please like, just take a listen to a couple of his. Uh, I, I, all the the millions of your listeners, just take a listen to a couple of his uh, videos and just you know just sit on it. I like you speaking those millions into existence, my brother. Absolutely, bro. That. Absolutely, yeah. because this is timeless, man. Word. Like that's that's what that's that's the the most amazing part about this is like, this what you're doing, religion in being able to not scrutinize but being able to have a perspective Mm -hmm. there's gonna be so many people listening your grandkids are gonna be like dad somebody said your name or granddad (laughs) somebody said that you did something way back then Mm -hmm. you talked to some crazy dude yeah and it's gonna be one of those (laughs) things where you're just like wow that was several lifetimes ago yeah and this is timeless man so i i really I thank you. No, man, I appreciate you, bro. For real, like this is this is amazing. And so I want you to go back to what you said at the beginning of this conversation. You said you don't doubt that the people that are pulling the purse strings of the world have had a psychedelic experience. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. So what what leads you? Like I I can kind of see now that you've given me the background, but like what else? Like. Who are the people that you know? Like, what's the upper echelon of, like, people who claim to use psychedelics as a form of enlightenment? Like, who do you know that does that? Outside of Ram Dass? I don't know anybody that does that. Okay. Let me tell you, this is all conjecture. Okay. But the relationship that I have with psychedelics, the, um, the upgrade that I feel with integrating psychedelics into my life mm-hmm. I go how can you not use this for more clarity 
Jeff Bezos, bil- billion upon billionaire, has the first trillion dollar company Word. ever. Word. Works day in, day night. You know what I mean? Day in and day out. I don't doubt at all that if he's going to go to Tahiti for three or four days, that he's doing DMT. Or maybe he's doing microdosing. Or Steve Jobs. Or anybody. Anybody. Mm. Creativity. It gives you... It unlocks something that you just can't think your way into. Mm. And these people don't have time to, to meditate for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? These people mm. don't have time to, to go to Sri Kali Baba in India and listen to and be that person's pupil for the next 10, 20 years. They don't have that time. Mm. But what they do have is this instrument that gives you access um, to a way of experiencing the world that I don't doubt at all comes from the psychedelic experience mm. um, how can you think your way into the internet who would have thought of the internet who would have thought of there being I don't know a cellular phone when 20 years ago a computer was the size of your house just to play Donald Trump's advocate really quickly um, that's a great topic to talk about too man the devil himself? Oh, Donald no, 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 no. I'm may, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But just play, play the advocate. For okay, so just playing the advocate. Um, a lot of the things that we use today were really created by black people, and then I would the white man, so white man takes the credit. I would say in America, there's a lot of inventions. Sure. I would say even the, is it the, the cell phone was created by black? Uh, Col- well, Colton is. The, you don't you don't have cell phones without Coltan, and you don't have Coltan without Ray being the Democratic of Congo, right? Um, but so I'm saying like the, the actual the, the inventor, technology. Uh, was it a cell phone or a walkie? I feel like some type of wireless or the Bluetooth or something like oh, that. Word? I it's a lot it, of things. It's, there's a lot of things, man, technologically like that we have created. That I mean, it might give us credit in the book or wherever they give credit at, um, but it's just not talked about. No doubt. So. What am I? What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, well, you said it's just conjecture. You know, no one can prove. No it. one can prove it one way or the word, other. Word, word. Um, but what I will say is that when you look at, I I love taking it back to pre all of this stuff. Okay. You go to the Amazon. You go to some parts of hopefully Sub-Saharan Africa, and there's still people that are walking around. In just like a little skivvy, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just something covering their privates mm-hmm. and living life on with the planet in perpetual balance. Now these people are looked at looked to looked at as barbarians and stuff like that. And these are people that probably have more experience being on the twelfth dimension, fifth dimension, fourth dimension. On they will go so much further than NASA ever will. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look at um the Dogon people. Man. Come on. Talk, talk that talk. How bro. do you know about Sirius? Talk that talk. How do you know about a star system? Or, you know what I'm saying? That all that all that revelation came from us. <laughs> I but I but I understand that it didn't come from us. I mean, but we were we are people of the sun, okay. which means we are people of the planet. Word. And the and we are the conduit between heaven and earth, heaven and hell, whatever you want to call it. We're mm-hmm. the we're we're the people that are in between that are trying to bring those two together those two together Mm -hmm. and 
the sun is as important to us as the earth. And so we are people that naturally vegetation, fruits, all these different things are extremely important to us. And we have been able to commune with Mother Earth in a way that I don't think any other culture has been able to do. And we did it so far, we did it so well that we dispersed and brought this knowledge to everyone across the planet. There is a pyramid on every continent in the planet. That's why when you went to Mexico, there's like, oh, the Morenos. Those you guys. guys those there's something we, yeah. there's something there with those people like Word. we don't know and you still kind of look american you smell american but mm. you are you have a knowledge of yourself when they see me coming into their culture when they see me trying to speak spanish when they see me not going to any of like the the, the mcdonald's or any of like the places that Tourists. I didn't come. Yeah. Tourists. Mm-hmm. I'm not a tourist. Mm-hmm. I'm here to learn and I'm here to exchange information. And when they see me, when they see us do that, they looked at us. And it didn't happen from Jump Street. Mm-hmm. They looked at us from Jump Street like, oh, we got more of these tourists. Mm-hmm. But when they see how we moved, they were like, oh, you're a part of those people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're a part of those people that came in your way back when mm-hmm. that have information to impart or to exchange mm. i'm not coming here saying america y'all, y'all i'm bringing america to you guys <laughs> no no i'm coming here hiding my american passport if you need to see my passport here's uh, other identification mm. if you need to see identification here's something else but i'm not coming here as an american mm. and that's what they really really vibed with mm. and it was one of those things where the the knowledge of being able to come from people of the earth people of of earth of greenery you know what i mean like these are the the mushrooms can't grow without the sun mushrooms need they need the fertilizer they need moisture and they need the sun and one of those gives it the information Mm. you know what i mean the sun is the electric energy Mm. that really gives it that that ability to grow out of wherever it's going to grow and to impart this knowledge on us i think you know what i mean um bro i could I, i i don't know how to like I, I, I just language just isn't enough mm. it just isn't you feel me because I, you see how I'm searching for all these different words and how passionate I am about this and I hope that it can be transferred into you know, the people that are listening to this but at the end of the day you just have to have this experience even just to say no nah, this isn't for me the only way you know it is to have this experience and it's not dangerous nobody's ever died off of it you know what I mean it is as natural as any other mushroom yeah. where is there um you said it's not dangerous is there any da- downside to it as far as frequency frequency will definitely lose its value okay you know what i mean um and if you take too many better strap in also you have to be able to let go if you don't if you can't surrender yourself to this power gonna have a bad time Mm. that's why the environment is so important the people that you're with is so important your mental state is extremely important Mm. because you at the end of the day with your experience have to say take me please don't hurt me and uh, what that teaches you about me as a man as a masculine man take me please don't hurt me Here's my heart. Please don't hurt me. Sounds I can do so that so, e- so much easier. But that's just what it is. It's, it's what it is. It's so personal, but it's something so personal that you can exchange with somebody else. 
mm-hmm. when I have a conversation with somebody, have you had a psychedelic experience? I can I can tell mm-hmm. because of just the way that the conversation is flowing, mm-hmm. the peace that some people have, the way that some people laugh at certain things. Oh yeah, you've had a psychedelic experience. Once That's crazy. crazy, and it is it's just that it's just. <clears throat> Spirituality at its utmost, undeniable spirituality. Mm. Um, that everything that we've taught and everything that we've been given with spirit, with that are everything that we're using for spiritual enlightenment has been taught to us or has been given to us by another person. And a lot of that you can't trust. Like we say, the Council of Nicaea, mm. that is something where it's just like people literally took books away from the Bible, people literally t- put, changed things. So how am I supposed to use this as a way to communicate with the divine when angels are white? Your Jesus is white. Well, all these different pictures and all these... Yo, again, Dr. Henry Clark, he's, I mean, this man is amazing. He said the, the, the most powerful tool of white supremacy is a white Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hands down, especially when you teach that young. So I don't trust what another person tells me. So let me see... Let me just see what this thing can tell me. Mm. That is separate from anyone's ego, from anyone's intentions, from anything. Let me see what I can learn about it myself. Mm. And that is undeniable knowledge, man. Mm. That can be taken and, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't see any dangers besides quieting your ego. Your ego is going to find it dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your ego is going to find all reasons not to do this, not to, man, no, don't, don't, what? You, you quiet me down. I've been with you your whole life, man. Mm. I got you here. Mm. Who, you, who you think got you to this place, man? You trying to quiet me down? Yeah. And the older you get, the more difficult it is. Mm. But once you quiet that ego down, once you, when you feel it, and it comes in waves, you feel it, and you start getting like nervous every once in a while. But like, it's wow. There's no danger in my mind. Mm. Again, you have to have good intentions you have to have a great environment you have to have people that you really can trust to be vulnerable around Word. you're good man Word. um i know you kind of mentioned trump i don't want to go too far into trump because i want to keep it positive yeah if you don't mind yeah and uh, um the only thing that i want to talk about trump is that mm-hmm. i i think i'm not going to give psychedelics all the credit but i say because i have this mind state mm-hmm. i don't even say because i was on second no because i have this way of viewing the world and everything that's in it, I can't say that is a bad person because Trump isn't in control of what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Bilderberger, all these different <laughs> trilateral commission, all mm-hmm. these different groups are really what's going on that mm-hmm. are pulling the strings. That's real. But what I can say is Trump is giving people eyes. Obama did as smooth as any other president. Obama put in, put in prison more people that look like us than any other president. Obama killed with drone strikes brown people more brown people than any other president you know what I mean mm. what did he do for our community mm. he just made it look smooth that's all he made their system of white supremacy look smooth Man, and he went he went to the church and sang <laughs> amazing grace come on bro and- I saw I saw a gift that he was in <laughs> Kenya like boogieing down and like my cousin my, my, my mother's brother's son is mm. named Obama you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His daughter is named Michelle mm-hmm. because of what these people and people in Africa. These are my Nigerian, like you know, my family still yeah. in Nigeria. Or, they don't even understand what, like what, what do they do for us at the end of the day? Trump, 
Trump is at least rattling the cage because Obama definitely didn't. Mm. So that's why I'm looking at Trump like, yo, look at all these people now seeing what white supremacy is. Mm. Look at all these people now. Look at look at how much I've been able to see what the woman's struggle is because of grabbing by the pussy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing in Obama's eight years made me empathetic towards a female. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It kind of made me resent um, gay people a little bit because I was like, yo, y'all got all this. Y'all got into law all these different things that are helping you. And I'm not mm. saying that I don't have any problem with anybody that has trans, you know what I mean? Like any right. of the LGBTQ community. Right. But I kind of felt a way. It was like, yo, you guys, you guys really got a leg up on this. Like, mm-hmm. And because of that, now we're having all these other conversations. But I'm saying, yo, I'm glad Trump made people realize that oh, that's racism is still here. Mm-hmm. Very much still here. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's got white guilt at an all time high because it's, this is what it is right now. So mm. in my mind, I'm, 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 the conversation is a lot more beneficial towards me mm. as a fresh generation. Now you don't sound crazy. <laughs> Basically. Now I don't sound crazy. Right. Like that Dave like, Chappelle I and Chris Rock. I told Rock. y'all. <laughs> this is the worst thing to ever happen to America ever. Really? <laughs> this? This? This one here is the That's worst it? thing? Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, so I don't want to talk too much about Trump because I'm, I'm not talking about the person. The person is an idiot. The person, whatever he is, stop calling him an idiot, but just saying he is a tool. He is a very ineffective tool for white supremacy, and that's what I love. You said ineffective? Ineffective tool. Ooh, because a, oh, I think Obama is a more, effe- uh, is a more effective tool mm. for white supremacy because it was business as usual. Mm. I Trump. See, I see where you're going with Trump. That. He's he can't he can't do all these things as smooth. So we all looking like wait that wait all this mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense, yo. Mm-hmm. All these things are happening. So many people are showing up for all these different movements. So mm-hmm. many people are having these conversations, and it wasn't these conversations to be had after a black president. You know what conversations were had at, when we had a black president? Oh, finally racism's over. We have a black president. The the refinement stage. And now they, you went, say, they went from refinement to now. Oh shoot! They trying to recon- <laughs> they in reconstruction, re- they rebuild, bro. Rebuild like, stage. Oh, yeah, shoot. exactly. We got to rebuild this thing up. See, uh, and that's and I, we were talking briefly before we started, and that's why I'm saying, man, yo, you know what? When it comes to culture, black culture, I'm very much steeped in Black American culture. I'm very, very much a product of Black culture. Mm-hmm. How can I look at? How can I look at somebody that's black? Black culture isn't black people anymore. Black culture is worldwide. You got Korean rappers. You got Sri Lankan rappers. You mm-hmm. have Nigerian rappers. All these different things. And it's just like, whenever you're whenever you're part of the culture, I can't deny you access to the culture. I know we were talking about a specific word. We no, talking no, about- no, 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 no. But I'll, I'll just stay at that. Okay. I have a very strong opinion about that. Just because they use the culture does not mean they're a part absolutely of the culture and there's a vetting process that absolutely needs to happen but the example that i was using was homeboy that literally grew up down the street from me mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. he didn't go to the affluent schools or he didn't try to separate himself from us whenever we all got in trouble mm-hmm. he didn't try to maximize his whiteness or it was a puerto rican dude actually because okay. i didn't know any white dudes but he was like he was puerto rican but he looked white mm-hmm. so he didn't maximize his separateness from the rest of us he was mm-hmm. very much a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. So I have to give him access and allowances because he's a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And at the Obama and Trump thing, that's like, oh, anybody that's like, I, I have a lot of Obama black friends. I'm just like, yo, don't, 
don't talk to me about this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to listen to you because you're very much trying to play into this cult. You're, you're very much trying to get in where you fit in and try to play into the fact that you're an articulate black man, that mm. you speak so well, mm. that you're, you know, you're so non-threatening and all these mm. different things. And that's, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't befriend those people. But I definitely vet and give a really hard time to the people that aren't part of my, that don't look like they're part of my culture, but are trying to be down with the culture, mm. I clown them all. The, the Puerto Rican dude I'm telling you about, we mm-hmm. clown him all the time. He wanted to be dark-skinned like nobody's business, man. Mm-hmm. He really, really did. And we would never let him because, yo, this is this is our get-back, man. Mm-hmm. Call it what it is, but this is our get-back. So okay. um, I know you want to be part of this culture because everybody wants to be black, but nobody wants to be black. Yeah. If they start hanging niggas again, we're going to see who's black. We're going to see. And they are right now, bro. They are, yo. Because, look, all these people that are calling the police officers to do what they can't do. Right. All the... I mean, the Jim Crow is here. Mm. Jim Crow is here, bro. Mm -hmm. It is... Sandra Bland, they hanging niggas, bro. Mm -hmm. You don't just... You're not an outspoken black woman. Go to jail overnight. You you hang yourself? Nah, this is happening. Mm -hmm. It's happening right now. So, it's just like... Take it back to the psychedelic experience. I can be mad. I can be rageful. I can be fight, but no, I'm not going to, man. Mm. I'm not going to sit back and do mushrooms and just sit on it. But I adamantly want to give people perspective that this is the matrix, man. This you're eating steak, but you're not eating steak, man. Like this is the matrix, bro. Like mm. we need. To, please, y'all, if y'all get a chance, just watch that movie with new eyes, and even listen to Dr. Phil Valentine. He's on YouTube, and he has a decoding of The Matrix, which I thought was phenomenal. Because mm. he gave... <clears throat> There's a little conspiracy, and I don't want to get too much into it, but apparently, like, um, The Matrix and Terminator were both part of the same story. And it was a story written by a black woman. That's why there's so, almost all the characters in The Matrix are black. Mm. And so in the beginning of The of the Matrix, Neo, living in perpetual heaven, he has this cushy job... Yeah, the guy's like, yeah, you're late so many times, but, yo, I'm, I'm doing all my work. He's got a side hustle. Yo, it's all good for him, mm-hmm. but he's still searching for that knowledge. He's mm-hmm. still searching for Morpheus. He's still searching for that way into knowing that this is more than just this and that. Mm-hmm. And Morpheus gives him a choice. You can take the red pill or you can take the blue pill. Which pill does he choose? The red. The apple, bro. Mm-hmm. That's the apple in the garden, man. Mm-hmm. The, the the tree of the knowledge the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. that's the apple right there man mm-hmm. and once he eats the apple he's kicked out of heaven he's kicked out of the matrix but now the real challenge begins and mm. how to become righteous mm. how to how to gain your power he he could fly bro he didn't know he could fly when he was kicking it in heaven he knew he could fly because of all the work that he put into it mm. so be be aware that's one thing I'll tell you be you cannot unlearn what the psychedelic experience teaches you. Mm. You can't unlearn it. And there are a lot of people that become depressed because they just want to be like Cypher and go back into the matrix and eat their steak. They want to just live life how it was. Mm-hmm. And you can. Don't take the... If you want to, don't do anything with the psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm. But if you really do want to grow and make your time on here worth it, yeah, you can take that red pill, but you can't untake the pill. Mm. That's what the psychedelic experience taught me. Dr. Phil Valentine did an amazing decoding of the Matrix, yo. It is mm-hmm. very much it's long, but it's extremely interesting, man. Definitely gotta watch that movie again. Yes, please. You know what I mean? Because that it's been <clears throat> since I was a kid. You know what I mean? Nineteen ninety nine it came out, man. Word. Oh well, I guess I was Yeah. Yeah. 14. We was in high school, yeah. We was in high school, yeah. So, man, just new eyes. Word. The eyes that you have now. Yeah. So many so many gems in that. 
and the people there's this one part where Morpheus is talking to Neo it's like yo people that are part of the Matrix they're your enemy until they become until they get wiser you have to look at them like yo they're don't don't feel you gotta feel bad for them like they're part of the system they're gonna do whatever they can to uphold white supremacy uphold this matrix mm. and until they get knowledge of themselves until they have what what by whatever way they're part of them man mm. they'll sell you out we have all the black all the black movements have been sold out from within that's crazy it's funny that you say that though um so i guess i'm not in the matrix no more <laughs> it didn't take psychedelics but like i'm trying to th- I think my whole journey of creating this podcast, of stepping away from my church, of like kind of recognizing that like stuff is just going like business as usual, status quo, and like no one is really like really getting past like what's directly in front of them. Mm. Like, bro, this is this is not like all the stuff that we're doing. Like even even the way church was was operating just regular Sunday to Sunday. It was just like, this ain't it. This ain't it. But church has to because they got to keep that tax-free benefit. They want to be tax-free. They got to abide by certain codes. Non-verbal codes, non-written codes. So there's so there's that portion of it, but there's also just like, people are comfortable. Mm. Like you said, in the, like, people are comfortable with tradition, bro. Like it's, you can just rely on it. Like I'm used to this. Like my grand my grandparents did it this way. My parents did it this way. I'm gonna do it this way as well. And, and and if I don't do it this way, then and then there's that fear of like not being accepted yes, from from family because hey, this is how we do it. Yes, sir. If you don't do if you don't do that, that means you're not necessarily rocking with your family at the same level that you was. Not just your family, your whole community. Your whole man. community that you were, that was built on. That's why I say community, your family is such a gift and a curse, man. Mm. Because it, it, it does uphold what used to be, but it gives no kind of like wiggle room mm-hmm. to where do we go from here? Like yeah. things are not the relationship structure. We can't rely on how our grandparents do it anymore. No. We can't even rely on how our parents do it anymore because they didn't have access to so many options before. Word. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, we could have a whole nother topic on love and how love factors into how all this works. Mm. But it's, you have to be dynamic and you have you, you have to be able to say yo what you're doing isn't working for me I gotta find my own way mm. and I know that's hard and that's even harder when you have a family that is hoping it's for hard you. but also like what you're saying like like once I'm coming into like when I realized that the type of Christianity that I was practicing uh, that I was kind of low key raised on it's just like that the culture, that church culture and Christian culture was like propping up white supremacy. And once I really learned what white supremacy is, all the, it's basically evil. That's all it is. Like all the things that we learn about evil in the Bible, lying, falsehood, um, you know, being unjust in your business, being unjust with people, with creatures, like that's all white supremacy. It's just evil. So it's like we're upholding evil. You know what I mean? Like we're tolerating a system that is like evil, just pure mm-hmm. evil, bro. And one thing that I want to, when you say evil, that's one thing the psychedelic experience taught me. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle was able to really put it in a very, very poignant way. Mm. Um, in the the bird revelation, if no one's ever watched that, or if you have, if you've watched it, but you need to watch it again, please watch it again. Remember his last his his last round of like uh, Netflix uh, work. 
when he sat down and was just sitting on a stoop on, on, the, on stoop. the stool yeah, on yeah, the stoop. Yeah. he's yeah. sitting on the stool talking he said um oh my gosh please don't don't forget his name right now Emmett Till okay that was pure evil mm-hmm what those did, what those, what those people did to that boy was pure evil. Mm-hmm. But look at what came of that. His mother had an open face casket to show what evil did, and look how much that propelled the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Look how, look how much people came together and say, "I don't care what color I am, this we can't do." Even white supremacists was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to." We have to concede something. This we can't do. Mm-hmm. We are the budding rose in the concrete right now, and I think that with all there's there's no better f- f- t- a soil than the soil of white supremacy to be able to have something truly um, righteous grow out of it. I think, mm-hmm. and I think that that's our I think that's our mission, bro. Mm. I think that's our mission, man. You couldn't have said it better, bro. <laughs> like, there's no better way to put it, bro. That was beautiful. Man, um, we could literally go for three hours, bro. I'm gonna, easily. For, for the sake of the audience, man, I'm going to try to move this along towards the other questions that I ask everybody Please. else. So, you, but the thing is, you kind of touched on everything, bro. Um, but to kind of formulate it, um, based upon your experience with psychedelics, um, and just your own personal experience. Like what, what do you see as the origin story of the world? Ooh. 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 You you've touched on it. Ooh. You know, you kinda touched on our evolution yeah. and whatnot, but like what's your what origin story do you ascribe to? I'm starting to I'm starting to really like I'm starting to really ascribe to not either or but both and. Okay. Maybe there was evolution. But also maybe we were created. Mm-hmm. Maybe there wasn't. There is an intelligence beyond a shadow of a doubt. There is intelligence. If you look at a pine cone, if you look at a sunflower seed, if you look at the waves, there's an intelligence. There's no doubt about that. But did that the intelligence? Ocean, bro. The ocean it just man. stops. Come on, bro. The moon. The moon. Back and forth. Same spot. Flow, bro. Every flow. day. <laughs> like that is crazy. that is intelligence, man. But did a god? Did a god with a personality that that can be jealous come down and say, "I'm going to make a person. I'm going to make uh, this. I'm going to make that." That's a I don't question. think so. Mm. I, I don't think so. Okay. I do believe that that intelligence helped push forward our experience with the world. Heck, I look at things like pyramids in Egypt. Mm-hmm. How old a human? How old are humans really? Because the Sphinx and the Temple of Giza, mm-hmm. there's water erosion at the bottom of both of those structures. Mm-hmm. The issue is water erosion, there hasn't been that much precipitation in those regions for like tens of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Tens of thousands of years, dude. Mm-hmm. Again, another example, the Piri Race Map, P-I-R-I-R-E-I-S. He was an admiral in, I think, the American Navy who said, who had a map of Antarctica. Mm. A map of Antarctica before there was ice. Like, he showed rivers. 
and all these different things. And he says, oh, no, I just copied this from older maps that I found around the world. Mm. The last time Antarctica was not under ice was a million years ago. Mm. Some of the some of the um, some of the statues in Egypt that were carved precisely, precisely, one of the hardest elements in like do, not dolomite, but like one of the most durable elements. I mean. Um, elements on on the planet mm-hmm. and these people were able to carve it back when they had a, a hammer and chisel mm-hmm. moving the uh, moving the pyramids moving these million pound blocks around before i even uh, all that tells me we are a lot a lot older than we are than we are told mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. two it tells me that we are not the best than we ever been See, and that's not even close. And those are two things where, like, <laughs> I can't close. ascribe to evolution because evolution, like Darwinian evolution, says you constantly get better. Mm-hmm. You're constantly improving. You're mm-hmm. constantly getting refined. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of that because no. I'm looking at what people did with the pyramids and say we can't even do some of that. Those things now. Kobekli right. Tepe. If you look up, you know what I mean. The first episode of I'm not even gonna bring that in. Kobekli Tepe and all these different places. These technologies can't be reproduced now, which shows me that evolution's out the window. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe evolution mm-hmm. because that's we can't do that now. So when you said you can't believe evolution, because you did talk about us evolving from primates. So what part of so you saying you don't believe the evolution part as far as Big Bang, as far as we start as one single cell and we just continue continue to multiply and then life just sprang up from that. Is that is that what you're saying? I definitely can't see a big bang without a big like what is the like without a big what do you call it? Trigger pull. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there there had to have been something before that. Mm-hmm. So I I guess I'm just saying I I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Because I find holes in all of these theories. Word. And I can't ascribe to one or the other. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is I'm here now. Yeah. And I, I have little conjectures here and there about like where we came from. But I couldn't even begin to understand how we got here, where we are. All I know is we're here now. Mm. And we have so much to deal with now that like creation is not even important mm. in my mind. Yeah. Because whatever... I got mushrooms. I got weed. I got liquor. I got all these different things that are going to alter my mind that I can believe in. Sugar. Refined mm-hmm. sugar. I have all these different things that can alter my mind that, okay, this is a little bit more believable, but I don't know. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I couldn't tell you. Word. I have no idea. Word. This could be a simulation for all we know. Mm-hmm. And when we die, you know, we could be taking a, a helmet off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a bunch of doctors go like, how, how was it? Mm-hmm. For all I know, oh, man. Yeah, like, in that's Inception was another one of those in- incredible movies yeah. where they were sitting on, at the corner and he goes, do you remember how you got here? And she was like, yeah, we... Yeah, yeah, uh, we weren't we just... We, no, I don't know. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> I really don't. And you know what? For this dream, for this scenario, I don't think it's that important. Mm. Dope. Um... How do you? What's what's your basis of morality? Ooh, good. Not a great question. Um, morality is so subjective. Mm-hmm. I really think so, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's anything like an absolute good or an absolute evil. Okay. I think that you can bring. There's love and fear. There's positive and there's yin and yang. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Within yang, within yin, there's a little bit of yang. Within yang, there's a little bit of yin. Mm-hmm. So I can't think in any absolutes. Okay. Um, 
what feels good. Okay. I look at little children, and when a child snatches a toy from another child because that child says, this is mine, mm-hmm. and the other child starts crying, that feeling that that child has of, like, making that other child cry, you don't have to teach that. You don't have to teach that child to be like, damn, I'm... all right, here's a toy back. <laughs> I don't want you to cry. I don't want you to feel whatever you're feeling right now. You, that, you don't have to teach that to anybody. Mm, I would beg to differ, but... Okay, Yo, and you have children, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> bro, have kids. Bro, you gotta teach that, bro. You gotta teach some gotta... kids to share. Is that if right? you don't teach kids to share, they grow up to be monsters. No doubt. No doubt about that. In, in my opinion. I get that. Yeah. But I think that, you know what I mean... But, the, some, oh, but some kids have more, more empathy than others, naturally. Empathy and more... Yeah. Um, that's a great that's a great point maybe I need to maybe I need to do some work on that on that theory um, you do have to teach sharing but again maybe that's more of a, a toleration that mm. child that has that feeling of like looking at the other child cry that mm. child feels a way mm. you know what I mean and whether they just stick with that feeling and say no it's okay you can you can cry they still mm. feel negative I think mm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think they still feel some kind of I don't want you to feel that way. Mm. And they have to choose whether I do without. And that's where the sharing comes in. After that feeling, they have to choose whether I do without so you can feel better or you just feel whatever you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. kid, when you tell the kid, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. And they go, oh, but, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a there's a, a sense of loss that I don't think anybody wants to be with. Mm-hmm. And we all know that sense of loss because we're all we were all in the womb. And the womb is like a perfect place. You can be absolutely selfless, selfish. Mm-hmm. Everything is about you. Mm-hmm. And that is our first great heartbreak is when that womb rejects us. Mm-hmm. And it brings us into this place mm-hmm. that has all kinds of hardships and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's um, morality is, I think there's a, an underlying morality that you don't have to teach at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that needs to be nurtured as well. That definitely needs to be fed. It needs to be strengthened. It needs to be reinforced. Um, but uh, it's there's no black and white. Because mm. killing could save a life. Lying could save a life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, what if somebody killed somebody in, in order to defend Hitler when he was four years old? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things where, like, who knows mm-hmm. what's going to come of all these different things. So I can't say that this is good and that's bad. So, based upon your your worldview of morality or your your viewpoint of morality, would you say that there is a an idea or conceptualization of justice? Yes, and I think okay, that so justice. Okay, so what so what is the basis of justice? <clears throat> justice is absolute. Justice is like with the least amount of I want I almost want to say work how do we get this to be how do we do this for the the for the most benefit and the least amount of like do without mm. kind of thing okay um and justice luckily justice can be logic I mean I mean logic guys you know what I mean we can use logic for justice for sure you know what I'm saying like justice doesn't justice I would even argue justice doesn't even need morality because justice is very much your person and I'm a person. Mm-hmm. How do we make this world to where all people are living with a certain standard and morality? Like, of course, 
love, morality, and all these different things, but it's just like fairness. Mm. Fairness doesn't need moral. Fairness needs if you have two of something and that person has zero of something, all things equal, why wouldn't one person have one of each? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like why wouldn't each person have one? Mm-hmm. And there is no argument against that. There's no argument. It's like, I need more for what? Just in case. No, we're not thinking about the future. We think about right now. Mm. Right now, fair. Fairness. To be equal. As as equal as possible. Mm. Let's make this fair. Um, yeah, I think so. I think right. that I think that works. I hope. No, that's cool. <laughs> and you know what I mean? I welcome, I welcome any, kind of, any kind of argument towards that, Joe. I definitely welcome. Because I, I just have these ideas for now. Yeah. I don't think I had these ideas five years ago. Yeah. Hopefully, some of these ideas that don't work, I won't have them, you know what I mean, a couple years from now. So yeah. these are just ideas that I sit with right now. Word. Um, based upon your, your worldview, um, meaning. How do you derive the meaning of life? You kind of touched, you definitely touched on a lot of it. <laughs> but succinctly, mm. based upon your worldview, how do you derive the meaning of life, bro? Um, I think that it is cultivated through understanding like that spiritual part of you Mm -hmm. that intuitive part of you that feeling part of you you Mm -hmm. know what i mean our emotions are so important Mm -hmm. and i think that really kind of getting into them without losing ourselves is where we derive those meanings Mm -hmm. that fulfillment that that feeling of like it's there's no there's no better feeling than doing something for another than doing something for somebody that maybe can't do for themselves and i think that um meaning is really trying to you can be selfish with that, like trying to make myself feel as good as possible. Mm-hmm. And is that, if that's by doing for others, then let me do that as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's that's hard to do. Just mm-hmm. getting in touch with those that, that intuitive feeling part of ourselves first, mm-hmm. and moving from there, man. Word. And last but not least, destiny. What do you think about death, afterlife, reincarnation? How does that fit into your worldview? I can't imagine this is the only life we've lived. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine we do this once and then we go somewhere forever. Mm. Um, homeboy that was on your podcast a couple weeks ago that you guys were having a good back and forth with, he said, you're telling me that e- that forever is going to be judged by the 60 years I live right here? Mm-hmm. That sounds gravely unjust. That doesn't sound fair. Mm. If forever, eternity is going to be decided by this minuscule amount of time that I'm given to be on this earth. Mm-hmm. I can't see that being fair. Mm. Um, I think that um, I, I like using the analogy of like, um, if you have a light bulb and then you have, you put like a, a sheet around that light bulb and then you poke holes around those light bulbs, we're all emanating from that light bulb, but they're all different vantage points. They're all different perspectives and things like that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, those light bulb, those those individual lights all come back into that light bulb to do something else, to go somewhere else, because energy isn't destroyed, only transferred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really believe that um, we are more than these bodies, and that thing that is controlling this body is eternal. Um, but it's here to collect experience points, <laughs> like a, to put in a video game mm-hmm. um, analogy. Is that you know what I mean? Like you got to customize, you got to customize your 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 character, mm-hmm. right? In an RPG, mm-hmm. in a role playing game, mm-hmm. you got to set your difficulty, <laughs> <laughs> and then boom, you go. You have unlimited lives to do this game. Mm-hmm. You don't know you do, 
because every life is important, but um, you have unlimited lives. And uh, I think that with that knowledge, it gives me a little bit more clarity or I don't want to say faith or hope because those are very dangerous words, but it gives me more encouragement to see that um, this isn't it. And no, I shouldn't wait around. I should make, I should maximize the effort that I put into this life. Mm -hmm. But I should also know that um, this life is probably one in a long line of lives. Like I said earlier, man, you and I probably did this. (laughs) Who knows how many times we did this over the course of how many lives, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just i mean infinity is something that we really can't understand and i really believe that this is something that we can't understand like life after i have my beliefs mm-hmm. and the psychedelic experience has given me more peace with that right. i'm kind of looking forward to death you know what i'm saying i look at cultures that that are sorrowful when people die and the yoruba culture is the culture that my you know what i mean that my blood is from mm-hmm. people are rejoicing because like yo that person gets to go on to the next level Mm. That person's done with this. Leveled up, real. That quick. person leveled up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That mm. person gets to go be a sun, so that they could have their own solar system. Mm. That person gets to go be a grain of sand, so that they can always be around their people. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. there's, there's just so many ways to, 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 to make it that I can't possibly think that death is it. Mm. And I feel, I really, really, really feel bad for people that really think that like death is it. Because if death is it, then why bother doing anything? Right. Just be a nihilist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just take from this person, steal from that. You know what I mean? Just like that's and that's what that's why I asked uh my guy Philip, he you Phillip, know, okay. he's a atheist, the one that you, you quoted him basically, you know. I'm like, bro, if, if if there's nothing after this, bro, just live like the most hedonistic lifestyle. Why not, right? Like why not, bro? This is all you got. They don't believe it. Just say, but the same way the 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 atheist doesn't really believe that in the same way the Christian doesn't really believe what they believe. Because Ooh, if the Christian, talk that talk. if tell the me, Christian, tell me, tell me more about that. I believe sincerely that if if Christians really, really bought into Christianity, they would be at their friends' houses constantly trying mm. to get them to church. Mm. Billboards everywhere, constantly. Mm. Like you guys don't understand, hell is forever. Well, I there's, don't there's, want the, you to there's the, those people on on the by, street corners. How many of them? No, there's only a few of them. Very few. Yeah. If and how many Christians are there in this world? How many, you know, how many people well, that believe paper. in the afterlife? On paper. Billions of people is what I'm saying. Yeah. And if these billions of people really, really believed, they would be, everybody would be a fanatic. Mm. Everybody would be like, look, I'm going to lock you up in this basement until you convert because I'm not trying to have you get hit by a car tomorrow mm-hmm. and go to hell for eternity. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to lose you like that. I love you too much. Mm-hmm. If really, people really, really bought into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think on both ends, like, the atheist doesn't really believe it because they still donate. They still help the lady across the street. They still let somebody borrow something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They still don't just like knock people over the head and take their shoes because they like what they look like and things like that. They mm-hmm. really don't believe that mm-hmm. um, on both extremes, man. So, mm-hmm. again, that's something the psychedelic experience, I think, really helps give you perspective on that nobody can teach you that you can't you don't need to learn that you don't need to it's just an experience our our future needs to be steeped in experience irrefutable experience mm-hmm. i want to cycle back to something you said about five ten minutes ago you said faith and hope those words are dangerous yeah, man. tell me why <clears throat> i was talking to somebody about this the other day and i said um talking to my roommate and i was telling him i was like yo faith is you hope some or hope. I hope this happens. Mm. But what do you do? 
You know what I'm saying? I hope I get 20 rights tonight. But I'm not just going to sit in the house and hope for that. I'm also going to work towards that. And if I work towards that, if I work towards 20 rides, then what's the point of having hope? I could just work towards 20 rides. And whether it happens or not, I'm leaving it up to the universe to decide. Mm. Like prayer. If God has a divine plan for your life, how dare you pray for him to change that plan if it's in your will? Don't, it, my will is happening right now. So don't don't try to change my plan. Watch and see what it's like. Mm. Faith is the same way. I hope, you know, I have faith that this is going to happen. You don't need that because it's going to happen whether or not you have faith. So let's work on making it happen or understanding life that that's not going to happen for me. I've been hoping and praying and wishing that I was a millionaire since I was seven years old, bro. Mm. I don't know how, but I've been, I remember that was one of my first like, all right, if I believe in God, let me sit here. I was probably, I must have been like under six years old because my brother wasn't born yet. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in Belleville, New Jersey, and it was on my mom's couch. And we were in, in North Ward. Not Belleville, we were in Newark still. We were in Newark still. And it was, yo, I, I hope to be a millionaire. I really, really want to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And I just left that alone. Mm. So, I don't, I hope I'm not obese when I'm, <laughs> you know I me mean, when I'm 60. Mm -hmm. But what's, what's the point of hope if I'm not going to do the work? But then if I am going to do the work, I still don't need the hope. I don't need the faith because I'm doing the work. Mm. And again, God is within me, so I don't need somebody outside of me giving me the permission or the ability to do it. God is within me to strengthen me to do it. Mm. So I think that hope and faith are maybe just in its current form, but I don't, I don't think they're necessary to live a, a good life. Mm. I that's, think. Yeah, no, that's a, that's that's your perspective. Exactly. So I appreciate you breaking that down. Thank you for asking that. Word. So uh, we're gonna wrap this up with Perfect. the with the top five. All right. Oh. And or the Fab Five, excuse me. I don't. I messed up my own thing. Fab Five, bro. So five questions asked everybody. In the ring, the recurring thing that I keep saying, you have kind of touched on some of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Already. Let's hit it, man. But um, first question I'll ask um, to preface it: What's your favorite genre of music? Hip hop, man. Okay. So, what artist or album made you fall in love with hip hop? Ah, oh, dang! Can I even say hip hop now, yo? I gotta take it back, man. I gotta take say it jazz. back. Go I gotta ahead. say jazz, man. Okay, hip hop, because okay. I I love hip hop because of jazz. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I love everything that that's in hip hop, the everything. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because of jazz. Jazz is the foundation, for and sure. jazz is definitely the foundation of hip hop. Yeah. Um, so I, I would have to say jazz because it's the foundation of like Afrobeat too. You know what I'm saying? A lot of mm. fella, a lot of so many African, um artists that I grew up with listen to my mother listen to it's mm. been because of jazz mm -hmm. and can I say one artist that sh I couldn't say one it, c it could be mm. fella um it could be um my gosh I'm see I'm just getting into like American jazz mm. I'm just getting into earth wind and fire I'm just getting into Nina Simone I'm just getting into all these different people that I was just like how could you not be listening bro, why are you just, listening to just Kenny wallow, G bro just just wallow in the earth wind and fire bro that's, like uh, in college that's all I listen to, Earth, Wind, and Fire, ELO. ELO, we were talking about this. Yeah, bro. I was on them the so tough in college, bro. It changed yes, my life. Earth, Wind, and Fire has absolutely changed my life. And yeah. I'm like, yo, how? It can't even be reproduced now, man. I constantly be. think, like, yo, if I, you know what? That's going to be the next. If I can make some way of, like, doing a new school version of Earth. But it, you just can't do bro, it. Bro, Maurice White was on another planet, bro. No doubt, man. Sun Ra. Speaking of another planet, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, Lonnie Liston Smith, 
these are all people that are just like, oh, this is why I love hip hop. I guess. Mm. So I went. I loved hip hop first, and then I learned jazz later. Word. And then I was in jazz, like, oh, yeah. this is why I love everything that's going on over there. So um, I I couldn't say one artist or two. But I would say, you know what I'm saying, like, the locks, DMX put me on hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z was cool. Nas was cool. Mm-hmm. But it was really, like, Dungeon Family. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Shouts out to the South. Word. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Andre 3K is the best that ever did it, and I hope he has a solo album for sure. Mm-hmm. But just, like, mindful mindfulness in music. Yeah. Whatever the genre. Because, yeah. like I told you, I got my Guilty White Band, too. You know what I mean? I listen <laughs> to a lot of music from a lot of different places. Yeah. And it's just, I think the mindfulness, Word. putting your heart into the music, is yeah. what I really resonate with. Yeah, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire all day for sure. Um, question number two: Is there a movie that has affected your outlook on life? The, ma- the Matrix, bro. <laughs> the Matrix. The Matrix. Man. Word. That movie. I mean, I could say goodbye, Uncle Tom, because that movie blew my mind as to mm. what like society was in America. Bro, you want to see the most vulgar rendition of American slavery? Mm. See goodbye, Uncle Tom. Wow. Like it was almost. I almost had to turn away because I was like, yo, this looks like white people were enjoying doing all these different things in this movie because they are literally walking naked black kids down the street, wiping them down with oil. Like it is the reenactment of the American slavery system in a movie. Well, they, they did enjoy it. Oh, I'm no doubt. about that. No <laughs> doubt. Like, and it's, it's a sick movie, but it, it really it's important to see. Um, mm. I also want to give a shout out to, um, to um, oh, my gosh, something baby. It's like a black exploitation film, um, mm. and uh, just that whole series, man. Black was yes, but The Matrix for sure. Word. When you start to feel overwhelmed, how do you de-stress? I walk my dog, mm. or I really just like kick it with him. Yeah, I I don't let things get to me anymore, man. Mm. I really, and it might be it might be a part of like my mother always called me like I'm not really a go getter like that. I'm more of just like. I get things that I'm really passionate about, mm-hmm. but when things overwhelm me, I'm like, all right, you got it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you my energy for this. Mm-hmm. Let me go, let me go pay attention to my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, my dog has been a, an, an incredible force in my life. He's mm-hmm. given me a chance to be able to be selfish and to get, excuse me, out of that selfishness to be able to love another, to take care of somebody else who's absolutely selfish, mm-hmm. selfless. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is absolutely how I think that in music, um, walking him and listening to, um, a great song mm-hmm. you know what I mean like a, a jazzy little instrumental or something like that mm-hmm. really really helps word question number four what book would you recommend for everyone to read right now <clears throat> I wish I remember the name of the book but I remember the name of the person and his name it's a crazy name is Drunvalo Makilzadek and it talks about sacred geometry it was my introduction to Bro, I think I know who that is. The Earth as a intelligent organism. Is that like a white book, like with purple writing? Purple. Well, some a of them are cover. One has a purple cover. One has a blue cover, like yeah. purple, like stitched out. What, what was the name again? Drunvalo Makilzadek. I almost bought that book. Did you, bro? If it has to do with sacred geometry, absolutely. That was one. Of, I remember I wrote in college. If like if I was stranded on a on a desert island somewhere, mm-hmm. um, that book showed me mm-hmm. how you can easily. You can get back to everything you lost if you needed to. What you mean? You can understand the spirituality. You can understand mathematics. You can understand your place in the universe as a as a as a creature. Um, I I think that that book is just incredibly important. Mm. 
What was it called? You say you don't know what it's called. I don't, I don't remember the name of it. If you spit out the name, I'll remember it. It's, it's got to be one of his most popular books. Mm, the Ancient Mysteries of Mel- Melchizedek? No. 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 I'll, right. I'll, I'll look it up. Did you? Let me see if you spelled the first name right. No, I know because that's a, that's a very... Uh, let's see. Let's see. The Flower of Life. The Flower of Life. The, the Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life. Yeah, mm. yeah, that book. Um, I imagine that book to be extremely important. If that book is too heavy for you, I would say another book that's great is Ram Dass' "Be Here Now." Mm-hmm. "Be Here Now" is an incredibly simple book, um, but and that's what anything that's profound should be able to be explained very simply. Word. That's why I do not ascribe to like, you know. Uh, all these different fi- you know what I mean like nanophysics all these different things that people try to make things super complicated and all these things nah mm-hmm. if it's if it's worthwhile and it's gonna last it's gonna be simple just like love when you say you love somebody says why you're like don't tell me <laughs> you know it's it's a right. simple feeling it's yeah. annoying and uh I think that right there word um man I put that on the my flower of life please on my, on my shopping list bro please man I might have to cop that I might have to cop that for you dude for giving me such a beautiful place to be able to express myself man. oh man that so is, good, that is that's something I, I'm gonna have to bring question number five what message do you want communicated at your eulogy mm. <clears throat> I thought about this too and yeah. I still can't come to a like <laughs> that's a tough one bro. it's so tough yeah. because I don't want it to be about me Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I want it to be like, all right, well, this is a reason for us to get together and party, but let's not like, let's not. Hopefully, people miss me, but like, um, Coco was a really good movie that talk about that, like, talk about you, your existence as long as people are still thinking about you and talking about you. Mm. I wonder that all the time, like, my girlfriends, ex girlfriends, how do people see me? You know, how mm. do my friends that we really don't talk to together anymore? How do people like interact? How do people interact with their image of me still? Mm-hmm. Um, the message I want communicated in my eulogy is like love what would I say love recklessly mm. love recklessly yo. I think that I think that helps I've definitely been a little bit more reckless with love than I should but I think it's important for you to kind of learn your boundaries just just push man love recklessly and do it with a little bit more intention I think <laughs> I was gonna say, how do you love recklessly and with intention? At right. The same. I, and I'll, it, it should never be at the same time. Mm. I think that's the problem. I think that we're trying to do too many things at the same time. Mm. How do I stay independent but create a community of people that really that that you know what I mean that I can love, mm. that I can really be a part of. Word. And that's one thing that I know marriage is a really str- is a big struggle with. But mm-hmm. I don't think you should do both at the same time. I think you can take time and say, okay, you know what? I'm taking time to be independent, to be autonomous in whatever I do. Mm-hmm. But I also am going to take a lot of time to be to build this community, to be a part of everybody that I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, have your intentions, knowing that you want to love for a purpose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, you want to try to, you want to play this love dance with me? All right, let's go dance. Word. <laughs> you want to play this love? Let's go dance. Mm-hmm. And, then see, and then see what comes of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Be, th- th- there's nothing wrong. Everything is exactly how it should be, mm. and I really think that maybe that maybe I want that at my eulogy. Nothing is wrong. Everything is exactly how it should be, mm. and it's you know you make it. Yo. 
Bro. Damn. Bro. Uh, is that the last question? That's no. it, man. That's it, bro. <laughs> man. Not, yo, I, I really feel like so we we're good. not here right now. Like, not, yo. after you had that question, I was like, damn, we are back in this place. Yo. I'm, I'm speechless, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for giving me this chance to be able to express myself. Man, I'm so glad you did it. I appreciate it. I'm glad we, we carved out time in our day to make yes. it happen. Yes. Because I know you're busy. I know I'm busy. Oh, man. I know you're we busy. out here trying to hit the road, get right? these, you know get these ch- Getting these chips. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Thank um, you, bro. How can plug? I, yeah, yeah. Can I plug yeah, real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I have a radio show, second and fourth Thursdays at KBU. Uh, shout out to everybody that is a part of um, Community Radio 90.7. Or kboo.fm and uh, effable is e f f a b l and you can find me on the gram. That's really the only place I post anything because I love posting gifts. You really Bro, don't. I don't even know. Because it, it's not really personal. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just like I love being able to like post things that are fun. Word, so my right. uh, my Instagram is obabalu, o b a b a l u, and um, effable is me on Twitter e f f a b l and those two are definitely where I, where, you, where I spend a lot of my time. In the socials. This you? That's me, Senor Africano. That's me, man. And, um, yeah, yo, love recklessly. Yeah, love recklessly, man. Yeah, and, and whenever y'all have seen me on the radio going live, this is who I'm with. I'm with <laughs> Oba, you know what I mean, at, at Cable, where yeah. so. Yeah. And I appreciate you for having me on there, bro. Oh. Like, that's a great experience, no man. Question. And then, bro, when I went live, like, you know, I, I was just talking, I was going in about marriage and stuff, bro. And mm-hmm. like, I realized I was going in, but I didn't realize. <laughs> then I was just like, dang, I got kind of deep. I got yes. personal, man. But like, people was hitting me. It was like, man, thanks for sharing that. Wow. Like, people was DMing me, like, brought him in a lot, bro. And you see, like, you see? Yeah. and listen to what you just said. Like, you lost that sense of self. I did. You weren't, you weren't like, Oh, you were like, oh man, I did go deep. Like, where did I just go? Kind of, you had to reel yourself back for a second. Where I and did. that's what the I think that's that's. Even though I didn't in the when I was in the moment, I didn't reel nothing back. And then I was like, after I was like, oh, <laughs> it's there now. And then <laughs> I let the wife here. I was like, babe, did I like go too far? She's like, no, you own your truth. I'm yes. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're hearing can. that support. Bro. Oh, it was, man, it meant so much. I was scared. I was like, dang, man, like that, but see, because that's... because honestly, bro, like we we had just been going through. Like, if anybody's married for any period of time, you know you going through some stuff you constantly. Know I, mean? I, constantly. I can't I can't imagine it ever stops going through stuff. Nah, it's just ebbs and flows, and you gotta make the most of it, and you gotta work. But it's just like. Just kind of, you know, I shared, put it out there, you know. But it, but it was it was about me and my and my role in it or whatever. And I was just, she was like, I'm, I'm glad you owned it, and you know, you didn't go tell all our business, but you just right. told that, like, you know, you went through some things and you had to learn some stuff and you had to correct some things. So I think it was good. I was like, Thank hey, y'all, that was Thank I you, think babe. that was the, <laughs> the episode before last too. So if you go to kb kboo.fm and look up effable. You'll be able to see. Um, I'll, I'll be able to. We'll, we'll post what date it was. Word. Um, well, that was just uh, last week. Oh, this that was, was like last four Thursday. days ago. Thursday. No that way. was the last one. No way. Yeah. So all of our episodes are archived, and you can go enjoy that episode. It's an episode about infidelity, mm. and um, just love and and all these different things. So. And just to be clear, if y'all don't hear the episode and y'all run with the comments. Ain't nobody been infi- yes. ain't, ain't no infidelity going on exactly in, right. exactly in our right. relationship. I, I would imagine your wife would not have had that response. <laughs> there is absolutely zero is zero infidelity. Negative. I'm the most f- fidelitized <laughs> Negro. Okay, <laughs> nothing but fidelity in this household. Okay, so. <laughs>
Della Versace. I don't know. I don't know I if that's it. a word. I just made it up. But. Call this man Philly from now on, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you, brother. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, this man. This is beautiful, yeah. Man, awesome, awesome. Oh. So, um, yeah, hit him up on Instagram. What's your Instagram tag one more time? Uh, Instagram, O-B-A-B-A-L-U. Uh, hit me up the show page on Twitter and Instagram at SXSNDLS, my personal Instagram, Emmanuel since 85. Hit me on Facebook, my government, Emmanuel Williams. And once again, this is Socks and Sandals Podcast. Can I say one more thing? One What's more up, thing. Up, Yo, up. thank you so much for having Socks and Sandals as the most African thing to represent because we are all part of this diaspora. And I've really been wanting to tell you thank you for that. Word, word. It's my pleasure, man. So. Once again, Socks and Sandals Podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our world news. Think I'm making noise, but there's no power behind it, like exhaust pipes on Hondas. Yeah, but au contraire, the word I'm sitting on is a gold mine player. There's no reason to doubt, and if you do, you can't sleep in this house like old time shares. <laughs> it's only for his family. I'm cool, I'm chilling, just me and the breeze. Yeah, hashtag and I freeze. They got ecclesiastical swagger. It's all vanity. Yeah, they on that. Yeah, they chase them. It's all vain. It's all vain. So they live for it. They just want it all. But it's all vain. It's all vain. Talk to them. Yeah, they on that. Yeah, they chase them. But it's all vain. It's all vain. Mm. So they live for it. And they just want it all. But it's all vain. It's all vain. Talk to them. Sins rob the world blind without a trace. And beauty flees from her face like a getaway ass. Gravity pulls elasticity, grab descending gradually. You're as easy on the eye as some pepper spray. While in the meantime, between the two gates over your grave, you spend your life on earth accumulating things like leaves. Adam and Eve use the cover flaws. We forgot in our heart we do the same, call them costumes. By any means or any measure or any way. You are that grass that withers, you see that flower fade. And not a jewel on earth can cover all mistakes. Like spraying perfume over an open grave. You thought over all things, I'm blood covered raw meat. Fault springs are about as dry as some saltine. Pray you see the cross of Christ as an offering for all need is grace. Be your offspring of faith over. Yeah, they on that. Yeah, they chase them. But it's all vain. It's all vain. Mm. So they live for it. And they just want it all. But it's all vain. It's all vain. Mm. So they live for it. And they